The Joe Rogan Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, before we even get started, uh, our last podcast sucked. <clears throat> I want to be honest with you. Yeah, that was nerve It sucked so much that after it was over, I was like, you know what? Uh, we might have lost a bunch of listeners. Because if I had just turned into this thing the first time, I'd be like, what is this nonsense, nonsense fucking mishmash of, of dumb talk? This is what we did. Our friend Daryl was supposed to be over the podcast, and Daryl's an interesting guy. He's a guy who went to jail for shooting a crackhead, and now he's out there on the grind as a stand-up comic, and he's a young guy. And I like... Uh, I like Very it. funny guy. Too. Very funny guy. And I like interviewing young guys that are coming up, and I just want to see what it's like, you know. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the stories. I, I enjoy, like, you know, hearing about them, you know, out there trying to get something together. Daryl's a little bit self-defeating, but... He's a good guy and he's funny. Yeah. He's a very funny stand-up comic. And he brought over his friend. And unfortunately, I don't think his friend had ever done a podcast before. His friend didn't know that he was going to do this one. And he went into, like, performance on stage, get a laugh mode or something. Oh, really? It was, was like, it like running bits kind of thing? Well, it was like, yeah, he was like, in the beginning, it was like trying to, like, like, be, like, edgy and, like, angry at things that didn't make any sense. Like, people asking him for money and get, get on a bus. It was like, it was this weird thing. Where like, here's what kills me, man. He just was like, it just did not work. And Brian and I were high as fuck, and they were sober. Yeah. And it was like this d- d- dumb talk. <laughs> And then yeah. trying to like smooth it off, like hey, hey, everybody relax, and you know it was like an inner monologue. His inner monologue didn't work. Anything you, he normally thought of when people were talking, he was like in the background going, "Here's your saying yeah, something. He, so I had to turn down his microphone half the time. I don't think he understood how podcasts work, and yeah. you know, people think when they do a podcast, they think like they have to get something in. You know, it's like when you do like if you're not, if I'm not heard, I'm not doing my part. You know, I'm gonna yeah, get yeah. my stuff in. I'm gonna right. get my stuff in. I mean, how many times have you ever done radio with a comic and they're just like so like it's such a fake. Comic conversation because they're just trying to shove in their bits and course, pretend yeah. they just notice things and it's like it's fucking kind of gross that actually makes me shut down more too oh yeah with, then i just kind of sit there and they're like are you going to talk and i'm like not really no, yeah no this not. is already a disaster yeah and that i i almost felt like doing that on the last podcast and brian's a good guy don't don't get me wrong he just he wasn't ready for it he didn't, didn't know he was going to do it yeah probably doesn't know the vibe of the podcast and you know just wanted to just wanted to do well, you know, and unfortunately, it just was a clusterfuck. First of all, four people on a podcast is tough action anyway. Yeah. You know, you have to have the, the fourth person has to be very good at not chiming in. Like, I listen to Opie and Anthony a lot. I love Opie and Anthony, but sometimes they'll have like five or six dudes in there and it becomes a disaster. It becomes like comics stepping on comics and, and talking in the middle of punchlines and inserting their own punchlines into someone else's story. Yeah, that's know? when you pretty much have to just play with the microphones and go, all right, this person's talking. This person, yeah. you know, that's what I had to do. It was. It, well, you had to do it too because he would talk like while other people were yeah, talking. Was like, well, so, well, well, yeah, I agree. It was real weird. I cannot wait to listen to. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Wait, so what would you? How would you handle that? You would be like, "Hey, man." I would be like, like if I was talking, try to talk right now. So I would be like, so. Anyways, I was talking. Anyways, and then (laughs) yeah, that's what I tell your microphone. Brian's got the master switch back there, bro. I just had to. Oh wow! I had. I had. I I was listening, and I was getting fucking heart palpitations because it was too many people talking. Yeah, stepping on. Yeah, I had to tell them. 
I had to tell them, you guys can't talk over each other. Like, it was, wasn't was a good podcast. And, you know, unfortunately, it could have been really interesting if Brian came, excuse me, if uh, Daryl came by himself. Because Daryl's stories about prison are fucking weird, man. You know, I mean, that Darryl's guy. stories about everything are yeah. weird. That, that guy has some stories, and it would it yeah. could have been real interesting. And I couldn't get him to get comfortable because his friend was sort of, it was just a it was a big clusterfuck. So I apologize to anybody. And I normally I'm very good at controlling who comes on. You know, I mean we've taken uh, a few chances before with young comics like Little Esther and um, Allison and Allison. Then we came went worked great. It was fine. You know, it's it's just uh, I just thought this kid's trying to be a comic too. You know, yeah. he's out there doing it. Like, fucking give him a shot. Give him a shot. Sure. Sit down. Maybe he's cool. Maybe he's interesting. Yeah. Just didn't work out it's well. It's probably just nerves, too, right? I mean, yeah. like, I could see someone yeah. being really nervous. Yeah, it was a bunch of shit. Yeah. Wasn't prepared. And he didn't think he was going to do it. And all of a sudden, he's doing it. Nerves. And maybe he's not the right kind of comic for a podcast anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of dudes who, like, first of all, you wouldn't want to see behind the curtain. You don't want to see that. Like, Stephen Wright. Would you want to see Stephen Wright sit down and talk about things? No. It would ruin his whole act. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It would totally ruin his whole act because yeah. his whole act is he's this weirdo yeah. who thinks he's strange things. Yeah. You know, it's like I mean, when you see, have you talked to Gilbert Godfrey off stage? Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, he's the sweetest, like. Oh, really? Man. Is he really? Oh, that's funny totally. because when he does Stern, he does, he's Gilbert Godfrey. He's in, he's in character. Yeah, he never breaks yeah. character, ever. Yeah, backstage, though, he's just like, oh, that's very sweet of you. I, really? I I'm looking forward to doing that. And you're like, what? Whoa, really? And he's like, so is the fucking thing about cunts. And then you're like, what? <laughs> like, it is 180 degrees away from that. Complete opposite. When, yeah, when he gets up there, man, he's such a strange act. It you is know? so bizarre. And it hasn't, like, he's never, I don't think he's ever dropped that. You know, facade, whatever that character yeah. in front of anybody. I mean, I've seen him on television for what twenty years or something, yeah. Like more. Yeah, and like it's never. And then I w- did Caroline's one time, and he was backstage, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he was like, "Oh no, that's fine. Like, would you like something to drink?" And I was like, "Sure." And then I kept like staring, like, "So, so you're so, normal?" <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "I think he was his wife was about to have, or his girlfriend was about to have a baby." And oh. He was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know what's real weird, dude, um, is when uh, you get uh, comics like that and they become their act. You know, like yeah. that happened with Kinnison. That happened with Dice. You know, a lot of people don't. We're going to try to get Dice on the podcast. I'm yeah. a big Dice fan. Yeah. Uh, I know Dice from way back. But um, at one point in time, Dice, that Dice Man character was only a part of his act. Right. His act was, you know, he was Andrew Silverstein, and he would go on stage and do all these characters, and then the Dice Man was one of his characters that he would do. I had no idea. He would do a John Travolta impression. He does a killer John Travolta impression. He's I a ki- do he it. does killer impressions. Yeah. So anyway, he would do this, and then he would do his uh, Dice character, but the Dice character got crushing laughs. And so he just dropped everything else, fucked, fucked everything up, put everything else to the side, and just went straight Dice Man. And then he sort of became that guy. Then, like, when you see him, he's always wearing, like, this crazy leather jacket yeah. with, like, studs in it and yeah, yeah. fucking weightlifting gloves. I mean, he is that guy now. And, and talks, like, yeah, yeah fuck that shit. And all what, you know, he gave me good shit. advice, man. He was the first guy. You should do the road. You should do the road. I go, okay, thank you. Yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, you're a good act. You should out be dead doing the road. You sell five T-shirts, each yeah. one yeah, five hundred dollars. This is what he tells me. We were we were hanging out uh, at the improv. This is hilarious. He goes, "Yeah, I sell T-shirts now. You know what I do? I auction them. I make them. I make them auction at the end." He goes, "And I have them up there. I might have ten shirts. 
That's it. Oh, there was your 2,000 people? Sorry, 10 shirts. How much you want to give me for it? We got an auction. <laughs> yeah, he goes, I sell shirts. 1,000, 1,500 for a fucking shirt. Sure. I love it. He loves it. He's laughing. That's He's, crazy. He was doing shows where uh, he would charge at least $100 a ticket. Yeah, I heard about At this. a comedy club. Yeah. And sell them out. You know, and he's like, I don't want to do no big fucking room. <laughs> he goes, I do like this. I make my money. That's awesome. A hundred dollars a ticket to go to a club to see that. That's amazing. It's worth it. Yeah, I would go. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. If I had the cash, yeah. If I had the cash and it was a hot date, you know, taking some chick out, I'm gonna yeah. pay a hundred bucks for dice tickets. Dice in a and have a great time. Room. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. He that did it at cool. the Punchline Atlanta. I know he did it a few other places too. That is, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Also did that with the uh, the act though, right? The persona was Larry because he was Dan Whitney. Oh, Larry the Cable Guy. He would just do phone-ins. Right. That was yes. just a phone-in thing, and that's and then it. He became his act, and then he he started like five stations were like calling every week as this cable guy thing, and he was like, "All right, he'd do." Ah, here's the fucking thing about when well, he doesn't curse. Right. 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 You know, like, here's the thing yeah. about that. Yeah. And then and get her done and all that shit, and then they're like, <laughs> "Keep keep calling in with that every week," and it just build build build, and he was like, "I'm just gonna go on stage like that," and then uh, I think Foxworthy took him to be his opening act. Really? So, yeah, Jeff Foxworthy was like, you can you be my opening act. And then everybody at that show was like, we want more of that guy with the sleeveless shirt. <laughs> shirt. We want to see him. That's funny, man. You know, he. D- By the way, we haven't even mentioned, this is Tom Segura talking oh, about yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. We What's just up? started talking. Everyone's like, who is this? you got to check your iPod. Who is this guy talking? It's family. Yeah, he became that guy. His name's Dan Whitney, right? Yeah, yeah, from uh, Oklahoma. And he came, I mean, there's, you can go on YouTube. And look up Dan Whitney, and he's like wearing white sneakers and khakis and like a blue button down shirt. Yeah. Doing like his regular stand up act from like the Evening at the Improv. Yeah, 80s like. and like early yeah. 90s. Yeah, and you're like, what? That's Larry the Cable Guy? <laughs> so weird. <laughs> he does arenas, dude. He does massive, football arenas. Massive. I mean, you think Dice is crazy for charging $100 a ticket. Oh. I don't know what they charge at those arenas, but well, it's probably close to that. 60 Minutes did a piece on Larry the Cable Guy a couple of years ago, and his manager was like, look, he will not breathe on a microphone for less than a quarter million dollars. Like what? That's his. That's the opening. What bid for like Larry to show up and be like, get the and fuck? And then your mama and your cousin. Right? Right? Like that's that's he won't do Sal's. He won't do Sal's. He won't do Sal's comedy. He's not going to be at Sal's. <laughs> no. Ron White would do Sal's. Yeah, I hung out with that guy. Ron White would do Sal's. I don't, everyone says that. I, I mean, I don't know him, but everyone says that Larry or Dan, whatever, is super nice. So you know, I don't know what he does. I bet but, he is. But, but money wise, that dude is. Killing it, man. Quarter he, million. Quarter million every time he tells a joke. That's yeah. incredible. It's amazing what that redneck comedy, that how popular it is. The other, what's the other guy that does it? Kind of like uh, Bill Engvall and Jeff Foxworthy, right? Yeah, Ron. or the guy that the, the comedy store guy that got the, like the Dodge commercials and the John, Reap. John Reap. Yeah, yes. just from doing those 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 commercials for whatever they, he's been selling out just because because of like a Chevy commercial. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, no, it's Hemi. The Hemi, the Hemi, Hemi. commercials. Yeah, yeah. thing I have got a Hemi in it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he people, he does really well in a lot of markets. Yeah, John Reap does. He'll sell tickets. Yeah, he seems like a guy who's not marketed correctly. Like it seems like there's so much potential in that. Like, why doesn't that guy have some big Comedy Central special? Yeah. Why is it? He, he does have sell? a special. Yeah, when's it coming out? I think it already did. It already did. But how I, come that didn't get huge? That's should be huge that's a, that's more the question and i think that that guy should be more of like a well-known name yeah. yeah yeah he's been around a long time now yeah so it's kind of weird when you you see like these larry the cable guy type guys and not you know not many meaning to focus entirely on him but he's playing a poor guy 
Right. You know? Right. He's playing a guy, you know, who's like, oh, I'm just simple guy. Yeah. It's simple. not even every man. It's below yeah. every yeah. man. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's playing a poor man with yeah. who doesn't even have sleeves. Right. You know? I can't buy a full shirt, man. Yeah. He's buying, yeah. he's wearing a, sh- a shirt that has its sleeves cut off. And his armpit hair is so just he, flowing out. I'm assuming that one ripped, and then he said, well, I'll just you cut them off both up right here. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm an easygoing guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, he won't even tell a joke for a Less than a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. You know, numbers like this, like this is where people get into that weird socialism argument. I had a, a discussion online and I had to I had to just walk away from the, the, the computer because it was a ridiculous discussion where this guy was like, No one should make an exorbitant amount of money ever. No matter what you do, you should never be able to make an exorbitant amount of money because that's where greed comes from. That's stupid. Well, I mean, his idea was that there should be a threshold and you couldn't go over that threshold. So everything you did was virtuous. If you did, you know, art, you did it for the sake of art. If you yeah. did work, it was because it's your chosen profession and it's what you love to do and you don't make any more than a certain amount. Because when people get too much money and too much power, it it it, it, it becomes out of control and it, it starts to be unfair. And that's why people look at like this Larry the Cable Guy thing and you go, "Wow, this guy is doing like he's got to be making more than a quarter million dollars when he does a football arena." I mean, oh yeah, yeah, I bet he's yeah. making like a half a million probably. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he does football stadiums like fifty thousand people, man. Yeah. So like you know, so for some people that are out there clawing and scratching you know they see something like that and they go that's not fair that's too much in one direction it may move too much in, in that mean, direction that's the argument for socialism though. yeah I see, I see that guy's point to a degree but it's a very generalized statement it's also a very like idealistic way of viewing things you can also argue that having a lot of money gives you the freedom to do other things that you want to do and open new doors and opportunities and provide opportunities for other people mm, yeah well you have a lot of trickle down economics sure right? I mean you can I mean you can fund other things you can you know if you're a guy with a lot of money you can I'm really interested in you know, it could be something from the arts, it could be from the environment, it could be science. I want to fund this. And you are doing that because you've accumulated so much wealth. You know? Right. Like Pete Johansson was on here once and his argument was that when people get too much money that what happens is it, it breeds like a class of elitists. It breeds like a class that – like he didn't even believe in inheritance money. He's he, Like you wouldn't – you shouldn't be able to get all your – like if your grandparents die and they mm-hmm. leave you $10 million bucks, you don't get that. He that's, didn't think you should get that. That's crazy. Yeah, he th- yeah. He's, well, he's crazy, but yeah. but it's that that same attitude that looks at people that are doing well and and go, well, this system's fucked up. I do think there's something to be said. I do think there's something to be said about inheriting extraordinary wealth. Really? I do think. I mean, I'm not saying there should be a rule, a law about it, but I do think if you're if you inherit, and I'm saying like you inherit fifty, a hundred million, like these right. these really extraordinary amounts of money that that can definitely and probably almost always will have an effect of like you may not go after the thing that really inspires you your passion and you might not ever get a sense of accomplishment because really the real world and your dreams and stuff are scary in a lot of ways and going after them can be a scary thing if you have the comfort of like dude i have 200 million dollars that my grandfather who started gum or whatever you know (laughs) fucking left me yeah. Then you can, I mean, you can buy a great house, you can take great trips, you can live on your yacht, and you can just be like, dude, life is awesome. And that's great, but what would your, li- what would your life have been? You know, If you had a time machine and there was a guy that you really hated, but he was super successful, the best thing you could ever do to him and have a clear conscience is to make him win the lottery when he was 21. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Sarge. He just yeah. won the lottery. Ha ha ha. He's like, yeah, man, I'm a winner. I just yeah. won the lottery. Won the lottery. Anyway, you don't. You just lost at life because yeah. you won the lottery. Totally. That's a true. That that really would like. If I, I look back, I played the lottery a bunch of times when I was a kid. If I had hit it and I had actually won like a couple million bucks or something, yeah, I would have been a loser for sure. Yeah, I would have missed the whole purpose of the whole thing. I think. I think so. I think I would have totally been a total disaster if I'm 21. Yeah. Yeah. I almost have. A, actually, I know I have more. Like sympathy for a lot of these athletes that turn like they get drafted and they're basketball, football players, and they blow it. It's like they don't know what the fuck is going on, yeah. man. They're tw- they turn twenty and they got here's a thirty eight million dollar contract or whatever for you. Yeah, and then you hear like they blew it. It's like, well, that dude has never had more than a hundred dollars in his pocket before. He has no idea how to manage money. Yeah. He has no idea what to do with money. Like he's just like everybody can have money. I got so much money. Like, this. but at least his money came from something that he did. that he did. Yeah, yeah. But they just don't. I mean, I and feel like just, a lot of those athletes have no. Yeah, they don't control. No, and not only that, they're they're you know you're living off your body, which yeah. breaks, which breaks. Yeah, it breaks all the time. You're running and bouncing around on shit, falling down, yeah. and you can get hurt, man. They just showed this. Uh, you ever watch Real Sports on HBO? Sure. Yeah, it's really well done. Yeah, it's great. And they had this profile on these football players. Oh my God! Some of them were in the league like thirteen years, and they're bankrupt. Like no, no money, all wow. gone. And the profile was financial. And they, I mean, these guys. One of the guys was a like a defensive tackle for I don't know how many teams. Had multiple million dollar contracts. We know the other issue is those guys are getting concussions all the time. That, that shit is, is terrible yeah. for your your ability to think. Yeah, your ability to make rational decisions and you know concussions. Like they just did this one thing on Real Sports where they were talking about Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Lou Gehrig had been knocked out like a gang of times. Like he, Lou Gehrig's disease, you say, well, it's just some weird disease that he, this poor guy got. You know, he's a baseball player and he, they loved him, so they named it after him. No, he didn't just get it. He, yeah. He got it from playing sports. Yeah. He got it from getting hit with pitches and colliding with people, sliding into bases and getting knocked unconscious. Oh, yeah. He got knocked unconscious like a gang of times. And he would just go right back into the game. And that's where Lou Gehrig's disease come from. You're, you're, when you have any sort of, a, when you have like a, some severe brain trauma, when you know, your brain rattles around, you get knocked unconscious. Apparently, it, it, you know, it, what it does is it produces like, Whatever the fuck it does, it eventually leads to a deterioration to the point where your your whole body like shakes mm-hmm. and, and you don't have control of things and your your body just stops functioning right. It just breaks down. And which what happened to Lou Gehrig? That's actually what Stephen Hawking has. Really? Yeah, Stephen has- Hawking. Yeah, he has Lou Gehrig's disease. But it doesn't necess- does it. Can it be hereditary? Or does it yeah, it could be. Well, they don't know. I mean, he actually was a boxer when he was younger, too. Oh, there's or did a lot he play of shots soccer? Or did he play soccer? One of those. I soccer is a, actually very bad. I think he was a boxer. If was I remember. he a boxer? Yeah. He might have been a boxer. But um, it, it could have been from that, and yeah. it could have also been from soccer. Yeah, people so, forget. Like, they don't think of soccer. Like, you can get crushed yeah. in soccer. Man. They run into each other a lot, and they Kick also... each other in the head sometimes, you know? Yeah. yeah. The, that ball, the impact over and over again oh, of yeah, using your head on the ball. Head, yeah. It seems like nothing because it's just a ball, but apparently, over time, you know, they're they're practicing that all the time, and they that head your head's a fucking weapon. So yeah. you you're you're taking shots, man. You're getting tagged, you know. And I think in Lou Gehrig's era, like uh, there was no batting helmets either. You had this leather stupid hat yeah. you would wear. <laughs> Yeah, it's like ninety miles an hour at your head. Every ball had a rock in the center of it, tied around with a rope. You know, incredible. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, whatever those fucking baseballs made out of, it's a ball of 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 string. What do you think of that NFL argument? They said 
like when when this stuff, I mean, they really profiled it this year a lot. You know, all the the people were leading with the crown. It's called right the top of your head, right? And so people are like, that is like a fucking missile coming. Like, yeah, it's, it's a guy who runs like a four three who weighs like two twenty five, going <laughs> and then just launching it into you. So they're like, what can we do? What can we do? And a bunch of people were like, why don't we go back to like nineteen forty style, no face mask, no face mask. That way, you will have. The incentive is there, like you're, you're, the fear of like that's how they played, right? They played for years with no face mask, so you're not going to risk your face. You're going to tackle the way you're supposed to tackle, right? And not ruin your entire face. It's football's a tricky thing, man, because you can't unbrutalize it. You right. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's a brutal fucking game. Yeah. These guys are huge; they're the biggest, scariest athletes in yeah. the world, and they're running full clip at each yeah. other and smashing into each other. That's just inherently violent. Yeah, that's true. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to make it slightly less violent by them not having a face cage, or you know, or I've heard the argument too that they should be playing without helmets, like yeah, rugby without, players. Yeah, yeah. You know, rugby player. Rugby is apparently less dangerous. But the problem with that is once you already start playing with helmets on, there's a style of play. Totally. There's, there's tactics. That you can't, you're not yeah. just going to change the way you play. Like boxers found that out when they first started fighting in MMA. You, it's, it's harder to fight bare knuckle. It's trickier because when you're boxing, if you have those padded gloves on, you could fuck up and hit the guy in the top of the head and it doesn't matter. It's not right. going to hurt your hands. But a good punch to the top of the head might break your hand. It's very right. possible to break your hand. Yeah. When you're punching a guy with bare knuckles, you want to make sure you're getting his face. You want, you want the soft tissue around the face and jaw. That's in your eye, his eyes, his nose, his jaw, his face. You don't want to be hitting him up here. This no. is, you're, you can break things. Yeah. And so, you know, they had to adjust their style. You know, guys had to realize that, you know, you, you can't have, have your hands up the same way either because there's no padding there. Right. You can't just block punches like that. You have to, like, really cover up. And, you know, you, you have to, you can't play rope-a-dope like Ali style. You got to get out of there. You take too much damage with those little gloves on. Yeah. So they would have there would have to be some sort of an adjustment period, but it wouldn't be football anymore. Yeah, that's true. They took of, those helmets off. A lot of those boxers, though, they thought they really thought that they had it right. They were like, "Well, I'll just go in the yeah. ring, MMA style." They, man, these guys like, got no hands. I'm going yeah. in and showing some hands. Yeah, better, better, you don't get a chance to show them hands. Guys yeah, who've never over. grappled literally have no idea how helpless they are, and the the helpless feeling they get is so disheartening because they're so fucking helpless yeah. that they don't want to roll. That's what happens with a lot of strikers. A lot of strikers, they get into the game as, uh, you know, they come in, um, I'm a fucking four-time Muay Thai champion looking to fuck some people up in MMA. Yeah. And they're like, you're a bad motherfucker. Come on yeah. in. Take yeah. our wrestling class. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Over and over again. Boom. There's no way he can stay off of his back. This guy just gets launched through the air. Every time a wrestler wants to, he gets a single, turns the corner, bang, he's on his back. He cannot yeah. stop it. Yeah. And then he goes into jiu-jitsu class. What happens there? Strangulation. Yeah. Over and over again, he's getting manhandled. Guys are like taking breaks with their knee on the belly, whew, relaxing, because they have him pinned down. And he bucks and kicks and moves, and then they just take his back, choke him, they tap him four, five, six times. It's humiliating. Yeah. And that's not who he is. Who he right. is is a bad motherfucker. Right. So there's like a there's a graveyard full of fighters that never learned how to get over their ego and learn how to grapple. Yeah. There's a whole shitload of them. They, they just decided they're just going to sprawl. I'm just going to develop a good sprawl and I'm never going to really learn jujitsu. And they they just never they never could deal with getting tapped out. Sure. You know. So all these guys, man, you know, it's the, 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 the whole idea of, of fighting in and of itself, the idea of, you know, going in there and, and, and fucking taking over another man with your body, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to come a point in time with that, just like football. It's going to be too brutal 
for for where we are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we we are, The more we find out too, yeah. right? Like the more we discover like no this is directly correlated to that. Yes. Hard. Yeah. It's it, eventually. I mean, right now they're both great. Yeah. But a thousand years from now or you know, yeah. whenever the next level of humanity is, we I mean, are clearly human beings are evolving. I mean, there was a, an article that I had read um uh just uh, just uh yesterday i believe it was and it's all about uh human our dna is mutating as we speak and we're developing 12 strands of dna you know there's 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 all sorts of fucking crazy evidence that's going on right now there's like some child that was born with an extra strand of dna and it's a terrible birth defect the poor kids all fucked up but you know the idea of of evolution and the, the idea of mutations is that sometimes these sometimes a mutation is good and it sticks mm-hmm. and then you know and then things move forward and that's right. like literally how things have gone from being simple organisms to being complex organisms like us well as we get more and more complex man we're gonna there's a lot of shit that we like right now that we're gonna abandon you know and football and mma and you know race car driving and shit we're gonna be like whoa 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 yeah. what the fuck are you doing so like people, there's there's that argument now. Like I've heard people like, you know, that, that that are upset about MMA, and you know, I've read criticisms about me online because I'm involved in this, you know. Oh, bar- sure. but, but I think in this world that we're living right now, in this in this life, in this existence, it's okay. This uh, this existence, it's not really. It's this is what it is. You know. Yeah. It's not it, the whole thing is chaos. It could, would it be different, man, if we didn't have MMA, if we didn't have football? Does it make society more aggressive and more violent? I don't necessarily think so. I think, it, and if anything, the way we are right now, so close to monkeys, I think it's a release for us. I think it, it helps us get it out of our system without going to war. I mean, I mean if you look at if you look at like human history, like just ten thousand years ago is a tiny blink of an eye. But ten thousand years ago, there was nothing but barbarians. Yeah, there was nothing but savages. There was nothing. I mean, there was we were basically cavemen. That's just a blink of an eye. Yeah, and throughout history, all the Braveheart years and all the there's just war, man. The Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, the the the, the fucking Cretes, the 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 Persians. There's, there was so much war going on, man. It was constant war. Yeah. And you know now, for the most part, things are pretty civil, except weird things that we do in other countries, where you know the wars are going on, where we ship people over there to fight them. Yeah. But in our society, things are like way safer, way calmer than they've ever been before. Yeah, we're pretty civil, sophisticated, especially considering that time gap that you're talking about. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's we're a, we have a brutal, brutal history. I'm saying as just human beings yeah. to each other, like. Dude, like the way that, just the way that that fighting was done, war, even yeah. 150 years ago. I mean, you're talking fucking jabbing bayonets into people, gutting them open. Like, it's just a brutal way of like that's not compassion for the person you're fighting. You know what I mean? Like now it's all about kill shot, kill shot, kill shot. Like, there was a uh, someone tweeted me something about the 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 end of the uh, Civil War was recently, and the guy said that two percent of the population died. Wow. Wow. 2%. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Stop and think about that. That's fucking nuts, man. Yeah. And the way they died is just so awful. I mean, most of those guys. Gut shots. Died in a Slowly bled out. out. Yeah. Horrible fucking infections are taking place and you're not dying. It's just like. I watched this uh, Anthony Bourdain special. And um, not special, his show that No Reservations oh, is like yeah. one of my favorite shows. Show. I love that show. And one of them, he was in uh, Arkansas, and they were talking about how many murders happened after the uh, Civil War was over. 
because people would say, you know, they would recognize, oh, this a motherfucker that killed my brother. Oh, you know, because shit. like the north and the south are like right next door. It's sure. Like, this fucking, you know, you drive a hundred miles, yeah. there's where the enemy lives. Right. You know, and so uh, these people were like settling scores, you know, like for years and years afterwards. Oh, I never thought about yeah. that. Yeah. And and they're would, still like severely. Because you would know, know like, about it. My brother died in like uh, Greenville, South Carolina, or whatever. And at that time, they're like, "There's, there's 500 people, or whatever." You right. know, like you just ask questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, no shit. You know Tony? And then they're like, "Oh yeah, he's over there." Like, I'll go handle that shit. Right <laughs> what now. a fucking weird war when yeah. you're having a war. That's like North Korea versus South Korea. I mean, that's a fucking crazy place right now, man. They're looking at each other across this, you know, yeah. this divide, yeah. and they hate each other, and they look exactly the same. Yeah, same people. Yeah. I mean, it's nuts. And one of them's run by a complete, total fucking psychopath. Total maniac, man. <laughs> How great was that Team America? Oh, the best, <laughs> they man. Did they did Kim Jong-il a little fucking... You're breaking my balls. <laughs> You're breaking my balls, You're man. my balls. <laughs> His fucking giant glasses. Hans, that was the guy. Hans, why are you breaking my balls? <laughs> why are you breaking my balls? You imagine, man, just shitty roll of the dice. You're born in North Korea. Oh, it's the worst. I think about that shitty roll the dice all the time do you oh my god i mean think about even in living in uh, being born in botswana right yeah. botswana one in four people oh excuse me one in five one in five 20 percent of the population is hiv positive wow that's insane and you just you did nothing but just you were born there and that's your you know what i've heard though uh, in relationship to aids in africa you know there are all these statistics about how many people get aids in yeah. africa that a lot of it is not even tested it's just their t cells hit a certain mu- they don't even test for hiv antibodies cuz those tests are very expensive and that a lot of what they call aids is just people that are incredibly malnourished and sick oh really so yeah. the t cells just- the, the argument was it was an article online that if people are going to call it aids and connect it to hiv that there needs to be more stringent testing because otherwise you're confusing people as to why this one area where just coincidentally has an incredibly low nutrition rate means people people are malnourished That's and sick it, yeah. and all uh, sorts of other diseases and pathogens and fly you know, poop fly poop all kinds of shit that fucks with you over there yeah. and a lot of people are really sick I mean it's a super unhealthy place to be oh my god yeah yeah it's a malaria everybody you know fucking malaria malaria is a malaria. huge problem god, imagine George like, Clooney how about yeah, that yeah that's right yeah we almost lost we it. almost lost George <laughs> Well, if you get like Lyme disease, that shit stays with you forever. Forever, man. You never cured. You no. never cured, right? And I don't think there's a vaccine. Is there a vaccine for Lyme disease? I don't think so. I think I you get think it, so. you're fucked. It's just one of those things, man. And malaria, he must have had his malaria shot, right? Everybody gets a malaria yeah. shot before they go. You have to get a bunch of them. You oh, can't just get one. That's you have to crazy. Get a few. Yeah. George, uh, Dave Foley was on the podcast, and we had a story about Dave, and he didn't even remember it because that poor fuck, when he was getting divorced, he, he was married to this crazy broad who decided to take her kids all over the world to try to torture him. So when he was working, he would have to you know call Bangladesh, and she was there, and then he'd have to fucking fly to Egypt, and she was there. He'd have to fly all over the world to meet his kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so he had to take malaria medication. Well, you're not supposed to drink when you take malaria medication, and uh, he took malaria medication, and it affected different people in different ways and he, he went fucking loco really? I had to keep Dave Foley nicest calmest sanest guy ever like super super sweet I had to keep him from attacking a producer like physically attack him I had to hold him in place 
because he was going to attack somebody. And I was thinking while I was doing it, like, man, of all the fucking people I thought I'd be stopping from hurting somebody, I would figure if Dave wanted to hurt somebody, I'd be wanting, I'd be, I'd have his back, you know, right. I'd be jumping in too. Yeah. There's somebody who, you know, who got Dave so mad sure. that Dave wants to assault him. Yeah. Boy, that guy has to be a real piece of shit. Yeah. No, he was just whacked out on malaria medicine. And you didn't know it at the time. Oh, I knew, yeah. Oh, you did know. Okay. Yeah, I knew there was something really wrong. He was just acting completely crazy. Like, he took this reporter's microphone, the reporter asked him for a quote about news radio, and he grabbed his little tape recorder and stuffed it into his drink, <laughs> just shoved it into his drink. He goes, there's your fucking quote. Wow. Yeah, he was, Dave Fully wow. gangster. He didn't, he didn't even, he has no recollection of this. He might as well have been under a witch's spell. Oh, I mean, that's so great. Because he didn't have any idea what was happening. Yeah. That stuff fucking whacks you out, man. Because I think the way, I don't know what the way malaria vaccinations go, but with most vaccinations, you know, you have to, you're getting a little bit of the inner, you know, disease. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you get vaccinated for smallpox, I mean, isn't isn't that how it works when you get vaccinated for the flu? I know that's how it works, right? Oh, There's all a, vaccinations. Yeah, you're taking like a strand of that. Is that always the case for I, vaccinations? I believe so, for vaccinations. That's the only way that you're, it's tricking your system into, into developing an immunity yeah, for it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's why like when they would, when they would do the big thing, uh, you know, what is it, like 70, 80 years ago was polio, right? Right. And they would give people inadvertently polio when giving them the vaccination. Sometimes? Yeah, sure. Like what percentage? Oh, very small. But it would happen. And you were taking that risk. And I, and I guess you Holy you shit. do take that risk with every vaccination. Really? No, I don't think anymore, I think so. man. I think that's why they're filled with mercury and all sorts of other really? shit. Really? Because I remember when that H1N1 vaccination was out. Like, Some people get sick from the... Well, they were just like, hey, by the way, like right before you get it, like this isn't 100%. You know I mean? It's up to you. You want to make sure you well, definitely want Well, no this, vaccination right? I think is 100%, but also what it does is it weakens your immune system a bit because it makes your immune system fight things off. And then you're vulnerable to other, other things, things that aren't protected by that vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. That's also possible. The human immune system is pretty fucking badass when you it's think about amazing. it. But what's really weird is that you don't think about these what these colds really are. It's like there's a wars going on. There's like when you're sick, like oh I'm down the flu. You're dying, yeah. right? You're you're in a battle to stay yeah. alive right now because you're losing your health. And that sniffles and coughing, it seems like no big deal because you've been there before and you, right. you're going to be fine. But the reality is, it's a fight. You're, you're, you're having your your organism is having a fight against a team. Yeah. The team is trying to take your body down. Yeah, it's really kind of creepy when you think about it, man. Do you know that like you can only there's all these strands of colds, and you only get one of those strands each strand one time. Really? When you get a cold, and you get a cold like the next year, you're getting you're getting a different strand of that cold. Oh, really? Wow. That's yeah. Weird. So you like you defeat a cold and you won't get that cold again. But there's hundreds of strands mm. of the cold. And that's why there's no, like... That's why the common cold, like... The, there is no... Yeah, there's hundreds of strands of that. But it's always, you know, that your immune system is compromised in the first place, right? Like, if there's a hundred people that get exposed to the same thing, usually it's not a hundred of them that get it. Oh, yeah, you're right. You yeah, know? Yeah, and a hundred of them won't get it. It's fascinating, Yeah, right? it totally is. And I think it's fascinating, like, how... We don't even... I don't know. I never question a lot of times what I'm taking to fight stuff, you know? You Antibiotics. Oh my God! Antibiotic, any type of medicine. I just you got to be real careful about antibiotics. You know, uh, do you take the full when you take them? Do you take the full ride? Like if it says ten days, you don't quit after five days, do you? No, I mean I used to, but now (laughs) everybody used to. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, that's the worst thing you could ever do, man. Just take the full thing. Not take it. Not take it. Not take it. Yeah, because that's when those super bacteria arise. Because just like we fight off immune system, our immune system fights off colds. Yeah. Well, bacteria are the same way. They fight off 
anti, you know, um, medication is trying yeah. to, to kill them. So when you, um, when you, um, what is this, the type of medication that he gave you? What, what was it? Like what was a, it called? Like Z-Pack? Z-Pack, stuff. Yeah. 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 When, when you, when you have those, apparently they get used to it. Right. So if like, if you like for five days, so if you take it for five days and then at the end of five days, you're like, yeah, fuck these Z-Packs, man. I'm feeling pretty good. I don't yeah. like those. These things give me the creeps. But when you put those aside, the stuff that didn't die becomes like supercharged. Oh. And then if you try to hit it with the Z-Pack, it's like, bitch, uh, I, I don't had think that so. Oh, wow. Yeah. It survives it. Yeah. So the idea of being two, 10 days of antibiotics is that, you know, when you get through all those things, like everything that shouldn't be there is dead. Yeah. And including a lot of the good stuff. Good stuff, yeah. You kill like that your um, your endurance is terrible when you're on um, antibiotics. Antibiotics, really bad, man. I, I took antibiotics because I had staff. Yeah. And um, I, I was the staff was gone. It was only like some little prickly things on my legs. Yeah. You know, it was like it wasn't like a big issue. It was very small. Mm-hmm. But within two three days, I would go to the gym. You know, and I couldn't do shit. Yeah. It I wears couldn't do you shit. Out. I was just exhausted. It was like yeah. I, I was drunk. Like I was hungover. Yeah. You know, it just breaks your whole system down. It fucks you up. Yeah, and you have to take stuff. You have to take probiotics to counteract it. You know, you I didn't them. know that. Yeah, yeah, that you're supposed to. You're suppo- they're supposed to tell you that you should take acidophilus. You really? know, drink, yeah, drink milk, eat yogurt, anything where you have milk culture, acidophilus, healthy bacteria. There's a bunch of different kinds of healthy bacteria. Dude, this is the first year in years where I got a cold and I just let my body naturally beat it like over... 10 days. Oh, really? I, yeah, I've never done that. What do you usually do? I go right to the doctor. I'm like, give me some pills. Give me something <laughs> to take care of this. <laughs> like, I, 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 used, I had so, such bad allergies as a kid, like, a, like especially as a teenager when we lived in Florida. And I would get, like, horrible sinus infections. That, and it makes me it just, it's so miserable. Not like it's more miserable than anybody else's, but, like, I just feel so miserable that whenever I get, like, some type of sinus thing going on, I'm like, I got I to gotta cure this somehow. But this year, I just went through the whole process and it was like, I'm getting worse. I'm getting worse. I feel like shit. And then you kind of, you know, you make the turn and then you're like, oh, I feel a little better today. And eventually just by drinking tons of fluid and, you know, vitamin C or whatever, and just taking care of myself, sleeping 10 days, it took me to beat a cold. So for a normal, a cold, you would go to a doctor for a cold. Oh yeah. If, if I, if I have a sinus like clogged and I'm uh-huh. like, there's any like color at all in my mucus, Dude, I call right. Hey, can you see me right now? Like, can I come in right now? Wow. Yeah. You sound like a pussy. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm a big old pussy. I don't I hate that <laughs> shit. I don't, I don't, I just, I always was just like, if, uh, I was always told, like, if you have color in it, like, Muc- that's it. Yeah, it's you an infection. infection. Yeah. So I'd see a little bit of color and I'm like, I'm gone. I'm like, I'm taking care of this. Do you take vitamins and eat pretty healthy? Never. Never. No, <laughs> I should, right? Nah. Do you take a lot of it? You take a lot yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vitamins are good for you, man. You're not going to get enough from your food. Unless you're super diligent about your diet, you're not going to get what you need from your food. You're just no. not. It's going to make a big difference. There's a shit called Pepsid AC that I used to take a lot. That's like for, a, what is it like for? For, for like heart burn, yeah. stomach acid, and stuff like that. And recently, for the last couple months, it's just been gone. And so, like, there's this whole weird thing about it where they're, Johnson & Johnson's saying that there was a couple packages during the uh, – during the manufacturing that were punctured by mistake and they had to do a mystery or they had to pull all the packages, you know, Jesus. recall, recall, but it's been months 
and people are like not buying it because you know if something happens yeah. and you like that it's Months. pulled but yeah. you know they make it and it's thrown back out so then i was talking to this other person uh whose doctor said that that it's been if you take pepsi see it like blocks something important like uh, uh what's a uh, potassium or something fucked up I, I can't i've been trying to find it online i can't, i don't know what it blocks but they were saying like it, it no they found out it did something really fucked up and so they pulled it from the shelves I personally have not been able to find it for like three months. You can't find. Well, well, what did they say in that article? What does it say it does? Well, this article I'm reading now is saying the mysterious disappearance of Pepsi AC complete, and it talks about like what they are saying the recall, but then they're also saying, "Dude, something's not right. Somebody's fibbing about this whole thing." And there's like this whole conspiracy about Pepsi AC. So I don't know what the whole story is, but uh, I've been hearing things left and right. And I know if they had a manufacturing problem, it's not going to be gone for three months. Pepsi AC is like it's a lot of money they're losing. Yeah, man. how long do you think they can keep up that though? If there, if there's something up, right? You know, you can't. What are you doing over there? Tom? Well, I guess. Sorry, I guess. Yeah. I guess no, I reading something. I guess Johnson and Johnson do this phantom recalls all the time, where they actually hire people to go into stores and buy all the shit. You know, that's in a store. Like they'll hire companies to go into a store and buy and just everything. buy everything. Oh, oh so as it's opposed not a to recall. doing a public recall, so it's right. called a phantom recall. Uh, that's whoa, that is some gangster fucking crazy yeah. shit. Whoa, man. I never heard of that yeah. before. That should be illegal. That should that be illegal. definitely should be illegal. Yeah. Hey, hey, politicians, hey, yeah. you, you same fuckheads that made online poker. Put down all those sites this week. Unbelievable. You fucking incompetent cunts. The fact that those bankers are running around. After I watched that Inside Job movie, I've been crazy for the yeah. last month. The bankers are running around with hundreds of millions of dollars in bonuses for banks that failed. But yeah, let's go after people playing poker. You know, there's a lot of people, thousands of them in this country, that played online poker for a living that are fucked now. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's insane, man. It's crazy. Fucking criminals. And do you know about this? Um, I forget the, the exact terminology, but do you know that... Like we obviously we have this horrible deficit, right? And yeah. like it's insane. I, mean, I don't even understand it's, it. It's so it's so massive. Do you know that like a bunch of corporations, all the major ones, they do this uh, this thing. Somebody will probably find it. Like some, it's called like the Irish, some Irish loophole. Like Irish is in the term somewhere. Well, they if you funnel it through, it's legal. It's totally legal. If you set this up, then you don't pay taxes on that money. What? And if they just made that that practice like not legal then all of each of these massive companies would be obligated to pay billions more than they do but because this thing is set up and they go it's just it's it's legal you can do it there's no objection to it they just what is this called irish something. some irish loop tax if you type in irish, irish tax, tax loop loophole. well you know general electric it's crazy do you know man. the story the, the uproar about general electric general electric made who knows how many fucking billion dollars 14.2 billion in profits in 2010 they paid zero yep. in taxes that's amazing it's insane it doesn't yeah. make any sense and at then all. we go like well how can we how can we get money to pay like why don't i'm not even saying to to rip them off how about just making them pay whatever the minimum is for you know in taxes for that kind of profit. Well, here's what's really crazy. This is where it's really criminal. The CEO of General Electric, this guy named Jeffrey Immelt, I M M E L T, he advises the president on business. Oh yeah. Like what the fuck? This this is insane. These these fucking people. This is what gets really crazy. These fucking people that are involved in regulation, and this is what you learn from that movie Inside Jobs yeah, yeah. and from Matt Taibbi's articles. 
these people that are involved in, in in regulating all these these you know trust funds and these these bankers and all this all this corporate bullshit that's going on, they eventually get jobs working in that industry. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, that whole documentary shows yeah. you all those people that you're like, what? Like they're all the right hand men to the to the presidents, and then when they're done serving the public, they go to be lobbyists who for corporations that will pay them crazy money who they can now really use the inside connections that they have from having been in public. Do you service. understand lobbyists? Do you understand how that works? I mean, in a, on a very basic level. Not, I, I wouldn't say that I'm... Uh, yeah, me too. It's one of those things where I don't even look into it because it makes me upset. I look and I go... It sounds so... Like the basic description just sounds so creepy and you know, manipulative and illegal. It's hard yeah. to believe that it's legal. It's just the weirdest fucking loophole in the system ever. Like yeah. you pay these people yeah. and you like, look, the UFC has had to deal with a lot of lobbyists and trying to make MMA legal. Yeah. And I've had some conversations with Dana White where Dana White, you know, it just pulled me aside. He goes, if you fuck, this is his exact words. If you knew how this fucking system really worked, you'd want to jump out a window. Yeah. If you knew how corrupt it really is, he goes, so it's fucking nuts, and it's nuts, and it's it's everyone. You know, most people are ignorant about it; they don't understand. The, yeah. the, I mean, me and you. I mean, we're yeah. talking about it. We're here complaining about lobbyists. Yeah. I, I mean, if I had to give a an, um, a speech right now on what a lobbyist is, I'd, <laughs> you know, from, sound a little clunky. Yeah. Check this out: from 2007 through 2010, just Google alone sl- uh, saved 3.1 billion dollars in tax is by using the double Irish tax loophole, which is uh, it takes its profits through Ireland and then through the Netherlands and then off to a haven in Bermuda. Bermuda and it saved, it goes down to its foreign tax rate down to 2.3%. Per, uh, it's basically saying like they're getting the tax benefit of like not being an American company is essentially right. what, what it sounds yeah, like. It's called happening. double Irish or Dutch sandwich. It's in, do you realize that's three billion dollars that essentially they should have paid in taxes yeah that we're saying you don't have to because you funneled it and right. it's totally legal and google is one of hundreds of yeah. companies that do this dude that's basically the solution like in a, in, a, in a, to yeah. our deficit is nah, like it's, no it's not the, the it's not, i know what you're saying but it's like it's, it's a, a huge yeah chunk. it would be something yeah, yeah. microsoft's <sighs> also done it it says uh facebook is moving in this direction also uh, and Apple, Oracle, IBM, they all do it. That's a lot of money. The system man. is so fucking corrupt. That's a lot of money. I don't... What is the fix? How do you fix something that's so... It's entangled in bullshit. Like the whole foundation of the financial system that we operate under. The whole foundation is bullshit. It's all... Yeah. Bull, I mean, it's not even based... Like money's not even based on a thing anymore. It used to be your dollar was supposed to represent a dollar's worth of gold. Now it's just like confidence, it's, you know? It's yeah. like, wh- wh- how, do you, how the fuck do you fix this? Uh, the, it, it's, it's like you said, the system is such bullshit. It's, it's almost like fixing the political system. Like if you had any faith in politics, you know what I mean? Then you, you, you get older and you kind of... You, you hear the same thing. You're like, oh, this is all... A huge like, there needs bullshit to be, show. You there know needs what I mean? to be common like, sense laws. There needs to be a guy going seriously. This is bullshit. I know it's a law, but fuck you, Google, pay us this money. You know, there has to be like a common sense law where it's voted by just ten normal guys going, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that, but the thing is, the reason that these things become law and you go, that's impossible that that's legal, is because somebody has worked to 
essentially pay off in 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 a, in a way like I'll give you these benefits if you make this legal and then a politician we who legally goes goes about making that practice legal you know what i mean like it the, it common sense tells you that shouldn't be legal but enough people surround these guys and here's the incentives that you'll get from this there's some incentive going back to them and then you make this legal thing it's crazy man it's crazy but, but if you could fit what, what do you do to fix it i mean look obviously there has to be some sort of a financial system there has to be some sort of a, a system of government that runs us how the fuck there's how would you fix this thing you would you would almost need like somebody who had extraordinary wealth and power to be like i'm going to to go about things like i'm not about making it easier for my my level to get more rich and powerful. I'm gonna. I have a a, a good conscience. I'm gonna do what's right, which is like, like clean, almost a fairy tale. Clean house yeah. and yeah. start. And they'd over. shoot that guy right in his right. fat, stupid head. Sure, they would. <laughs> and then they would have an orgy in money. But didn't they would you use <laughs> his blood? And they would pour it down the mouth of hookers while they bang him in the ass. Yeah. Chop their heads off and go bowling with them. Once he was dead, they would go crazy. They would become ogres. Yeah, that guy'd be dead immediately. Didn't I? What were you saying? Uh, like I, I had kind of like this. Uh, I was sort of uh, almost fantasizing in a way when Obama was going to take office. I was like, this is yeah. like a different. This is going to be a new thing. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of awesome. It's the first time Black I actually guy. registered to vote for during the elections. Sad. I never voted in like Sad. before that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, the reality is that you go, oh. No, it's the same. Like they, it's, worse. it's always the same practices. He's, he's played more golf in one term in in his three years than Bush had in eight years. Maybe he, Bush wasn't a golfer. <laughs> I can play golf. One of the big criticisms. Years. Here's here's one of the things that I fucking hate. Here's one of the things that I hate. All these Democrats that aren't saying a fucking word about us going to Afghanistan, us bombing Libya, and us. You know all the the crazy shit that we're doing overseas. Yeah. They would be screaming bloody murder if there was a Republican in office. Oh, People yeah. would be losing their fucking mind. Of course, they would be calling him a killer. They'd be camping out on his lawn. But because of the fact that he's a black guy and because he's a Democrat, for some reason people are disappointed. But they're not speaking up as it's if all the evil empire it. is in in motion. It's all playing you know? those teams, man. That's what yeah. you, like that's what I, this this presidency made me realize is that it's just you know he's going to say whatever he's going to say. His everyone who's in his party is going to support it, and that I I hate equally the bullshit criticism you always hear from another party, no matter what choice is made. Right. And whatever is said that day, like oh, the president's just full of it again. He's the Rush Limbaugh's of the like, world, man. Like this is here we go again with the dog and pony show. Yeah, and you're like, no, there's really? always yeah, and they they love you know, and people love to have an ideology that's easy to follow. You know, people love to have, you know, like a Megadero's rush, Megadero's, you know, like you're, you're a part of this whole thing. You think a certain yeah. way, you smoke a cigar, you yeah. play golf, you, know, you do, you know, Rush Limbaugh type shit. It's, there's something appealing about that to sure. a lot of people. So these fucking cunts, you know, that's how they make their living. They make their living appealing to a weakness in human nature to want to be a part of a pack. That whole world is so depressing to me. It's the, like the, the talking head, like Rush yeah. Limbaugh or, or Ann Coulter. Like that oh, whole yeah. world is like, oh, Fuck, Ann Coulter like, depresses the shit out of me. Oh my god, man! It's you so hawk-looking, evil cunt. She's a she's a horrible, horrible human being. I don't understand how so many people like her. Like Bill Maher likes her. My friend Ann Coulter. Oh, I'm yeah. like, whoa! What do you, your friend is responsible for putting out so much negative energy? Hatred. Man. Yeah. Hatred and negative energy. And yeah. 
you know, and it's just the, in the way she does it, it's like she's a professional troll. You know, she says a bunch of shit that she doesn't even really believe just to try to get attention. That's the thing. And then that becomes so depressing that you're like, oh, you figured out that, like, if you say really awful shit, it'll grab headlines. And then you'll go, instead of, like, going back to what you think, you go, I'll just say more awful, horrible shit. Like, well, the kids who have cancer love having cancer. And you're like, what? Like, what kind of crazy (laughs) shit are you talking about? She's a professional troll. Yeah, just to get a headline. Yeah, I mean, I think once you make a million bucks, you don't have to keep doing that stupid. If you don't have anything else to say, then, you know, then you're useless. You're in the way. Take some time to write something meaningful. Come back. Speaking of horrible shit and writing something meaningful... Tommy Buns got in trouble in Melbourne, Australia. Oh, yeah. Tommy Buns was over there for the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Yeah. And when we, Tommy and I did Sydney uh, two years ago? It was about two yeah, years ago? Yeah, it was 09, yeah. What a fucking great time we had there, That was, huh? yeah, that was a good God time. Goddamn good town. Shut that shit down. We shut that shit down. <laughs> we, went a, we went into a bar. We got there two days early, right? So we didn't have the show the first day. We got there. We uh, went to the movies. That was all good. Yeah. Went to the Apple Store. That was fun. And then somewhere along the line, we went, let's just go get fucked up. Let's yeah. get fucked up. And we decided, like, we decided, let's just go get fucking smashed. Yeah. So we pulled up to this bar. We went to this bar, and I just started buying shots for everybody. I spent oh, no. thousands of dollars Dude. just buying shots. When he says everybody, I mean literally every human being that yeah. was in like a fucking five-block radius. I was high-fiving people. You shot. want in on this? You want in on this? <laughs> Come on, motherfucker. And they were like, yeah. They loved it, man. We had a great time. Yeah, it was fun. For hours and hours, we were laughing and fucking dancing and singing and doing shots blitzkrieg the next day that was very hard to do the show the next day oh yeah my head was on a sponge i bet yeah that was rough and not to mention we would go to like first of all you have the jet lag the craziness of flying over there yeah we stay out till like six or seven in the morning (laughs) and then the next day he had to be somewhere maybe weigh-ins or something yeah a few hours later a few hours later (laughs) and then we did the same thing after the show yes we were eating street food and it was fucking great though we had a great time time. so anyway we get there tommy uh we're we're laughing and i think we have the breast trip on the plane uh i don't remember maybe well well, either way by the time this rolled around by the time showtime rolled around we were fucked okay and uh, Tommy starts uh, laughing about how there's uh, so so many white people here. And then he comes up with this joke. Yeah. And he does the joke on stage. What, what is the joke? The how joke is basically that the flight is so long that I thought I had died. Like, the flight goes on so long, I was like, I think I'm dead. Feels fake. Yeah, it feels fake. Like, how could you still be flying? I think I'm dead. And I asked Joe, am I dead? He's like, no, you're not dead. And then we walked off the plane I saw all these white people, and I was like, "Well, if I'm dead, at least I know I'm in heaven." <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the crowd was totally into it too, you know. And it's a pretty like it's, I don't know, it's, it's a joke that I would never think you have to explain to somebody. Like, like you get the joke, right? right? Like it's not right so crazy that you're like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's it's pretty. You hate black people. That's the joke, right? right. So, <laughs> you know. Anyways, I I. Uh, I did, we did that show in Sydney. I'm, I'm back a year later. I open with the same joke, right? Except I don't say Joe, because you're not there, and that would be weird. <laughs> but I, I do the joke. People laugh. Uh, it gets a good response. And then I do a second joke. And this joke is definitely harsher. <laughs> but, but no, but the, I think, you, the, okay, the, the next joke was that, uh, unlike the other Yanks they were going to see, I've prepared myself 
for my time in Australia by immersing myself in your culture before I got here. So I've been drinking Foster's. I've been going to Outback Steakhouse for authentic <laughs> Australian cuisine. And I've been talking to Mexican people. And I said, I think Mexicans are our equivalent of aboriginals. Well, they drink a lot and they're super lazy. Is that the right thing? Just like that, right? Right. Everybody's like, that That gets more of like a, ooh. Which, when I did a version of that at your show, it got an, a, an applause break that like was like 10 <laughs> seconds long. Okay? Like a crazy applause Different break. crowds. Different crowds. But... Regardless, the joke there is not that I'm like, it's not me saying something mean. It's the joke is I know that's your opinion of them. That's the joke. Right. 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 Like it only makes sense because I know as white Australians, that's what you guys say about aboriginals. That's the joke. Right. Like that's how that works. Right. So anyways, it gets like, oh, kind of like that's crazy. And then right away, whatever, back to the set. Everything goes fine. Great crowds. I get off stage and we have like a like a festival show, like a handler who like works for the staff. And she's like, Hey, can I talk to you like for a second? And I'm like, Yeah. She's like, So that was pretty crazy. And I was like, What was pretty crazy? Like I don't even know what you're talking about. And she's like, The Aboriginal thing. Whoa. And I was like, Are you serious right now? And she's like, Yeah. Like that's a very sensitive subject here. And I was like, Yeah. I mean, I figured I figured as much. And she's like, well, you know, like you could really divide the room. And I'm like, yeah, like I know how jokes work, you know, <laughs> like I, I, I know exactly what I'm, what went on there. And like, it's not like I got like a boot or something, you know, like it's, it's pretty standard to do a joke like this. She's like, well, if you could, you know, I don't know if you want to keep doing that. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, this is like the first time that somebody, I feel like I'm explaining myself for a joke since like high school. Like when high school, when a teacher hears you. How old you, was this chick that you were talking to? Older than me, in the 30s and like late 30s maybe. And was she just like super liberal? Was she yeah, super and I could RT? tell that she, it was, it was coming, she was like reporting for like a higher up. That, that became mm. kind of clear. And I was like, uh, like, you know, when you're not in comedy or something and you say something like that, then you kind of have to explain yourself. Like, when you're like, uh, yeah, sorry. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, that's just how we talk or something. But like, I'm at a show. I was just on stage. I wasn't right. buying a drink at the it's bar. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. Like, that was, I thought that was over. And they're like, well, if you could, uh, it would be great if you didn't do that joke. And I was like, are you serious right now? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I was like, you know, I know how to do these. Like, there's an inherent risk in saying, a race joke, but like, you know, there's like a tension moment. And then if you have a joke, like that's the punchline. Like people understand it's a, it's a joke. Like 99% of people have done jokes way harsher than that. And people don't go, why'd you say that? Like that they, right. they understand in the context right. okay. of performing, it's a joke. Right. So I'm like, all right. Uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, I didn't even, that night I was just like, you know, I didn't even say that I wouldn't do it again. I was just like, yeah, no, I, you know, I'll think about it. And they were like, uh, Okay, and then afterwards, I'm, I see the the festival people, and I can tell that they're like they're not happy with me. Like you can just tell if you by reading body language, like they're just kind of flicking like, you off. They're just kind no, they're just kind of like, hey. And then they see the other people like, hey, what's up? To, like to the people on my show, and I was like, hey, they're mad at me. And they're like, oh, so they're going out of the way to be to nicer me, to people around yeah, you to let you right know, in front of me, right in front of you. And I was like, this is weird. Like, I've done clubs, obviously, where like, 
they might not be a hundred percent on board. They might not be fans of yours, but they always have like your back. You know, they're like, right. you say whatever you want. Like you're a comic. These people were like, you know, just kind of like looking down and like just blatantly letting me know that like I'm not on board with what you're doing right now. And I was like, this is crazy. Wow. So the next day I go and like we're about to do the show and they're like, oh, that's great. So you're not going to do that joke, right? Wait like, a minute. Oh, that's great. That's how she starts off the show. No, sentence? just just like just like, hey, how's it going? Um, I'm like, great. Like, so have you thought about like not doing that joke? And I was like, look, I won't do the joke tonight. Okay, I'm going to do a different opening. And I'll just do a different different series of jokes. And they're like, okay. And then when I get off stage, they're like, that's so great. And we're so gra- glad that you've dropped it from your set. And I'm like, ah, I didn't make the agreement. I just didn't do it on this show. We have 10 more shows to go. But they were like, no, no, no. It's great that you're done with it. We're so glad that you're done with it. And I was like, really? Then there was uh, a newspaper article uh, after the first show. Did you bring it? Yeah. That's what you got right there? Yeah. There's a... But, like, this just shows you, like, how the different... I think there's a huge difference between, like, what we're used to seeing uh, comics say and do on stage, especially regarding race. I feel like race is, like, even though every country has their own issues with race, we're way more comfortable in comedy clubs with comics doing race as a, as a subject matter. You know, we're around it. Some guys are really like harsh with it but the the actual topic is like more open here so the the day after the first show this guy wrote uh tom Segura opened with some essentially racist material with which he might have been deliberately attempting to offend if the audience was offended they soon forgave him um blah 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 some had topics were hacky um, <laughs> what was hacky? The midget gag he wrote. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, but he has a nasty edge rarely seen in Australia. So you're like, all right. Then he further comments in the comment section of his own article, like, yeah, he's still doing. Um, I hope I've heard that he may not be doing the bigoted material anymore. And I'm just like, the guy clearly didn't get like that either of those were jokes. Like they took them. Yeah, but you saying like it's a joke, and that all of a sudden that forgives you from the sentiment of the of the statement. You know, I mean, just because it's a joke doesn't mean it's still not offensive. It is a joke. It can, you're, you're but right. It is still offensive. It can still be offensive, but I think that he also didn't understand that the joke really is more like every comic that I told it to there was like you should keep doing that joke. Uh, <laughs> every and then I spoke to like friends of mine that were locals that are not comics, and told them like the the one about lazy and they're like, Oh, that's so true. That's so true. Because that's what we, we all say that about them. It's more like they're not, uh, accepting the fact that, I mean, not the audience that the staff was more not accepting the fact that I'm saying something that is true and that that could hurt feelings, but it's true. Like you're, well, you're saying true in that they're lazy. No, not that they're lazy, but that that's the perception. Yeah. Right. But it's, that's also a very racist perception because you, if you know the history, this is, I didn't know this until I did, um, Rudy Hill. When I did, uh, the last shows that we did in Australia, the woman who was the, um, the, the, who worked for the booking agent explained to me why people are so sensitive about Aborigines. Yeah. Yo, they used to steal their babies. They used to take their babies from them and make them raise them with white families, steal their fucking children to try to incorporate them because these people were not adapting to the Australian way of life that the white people were living. And they're like, these poor people, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. So they went and took their babies, man. Yeah. 
did this shit for years. So these poor fucking people grew up without their own children. That's horrifying. It's terrifying. Yeah. But, and it, but it's like, they're just like American Indians in the way that, you know, American Indians being displaced by, you know, the white man moving in and taking over the old ways of life. What'd they do? They wound up being defeated and drunk. And, you know, and that's like the classic stereotype of the American Indian being drunk and angry. Well, that's exactly what's going on with these Aboriginal people. Yeah. But I'm not arguing that like, it's anything other than, other than the fact that they're trying to tell me that I'm just being racist. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just like, that's the part that I take issue. I'm not taking issue with any other part of that. Not that it's, you know, you should laugh at it or that it's funny or that it's insightful. But it, the fact is that they're getting upset that I'm saying something about their perception of their own people. And right, they're, right, but and you're saying it as if as it's... As a whole country, it, like they yeah. all have that perception. Like, 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 it's like saying the Mexicans so, to us, but yet to me, I might not have any problem with Mexicans or, or I think they're lazy, but, but you're saying it as a But the problem is that is it's a widely held perception and they're not acknowledging I'm offended, that I'm leaving. When they're, yeah, cha- but, but, when they're but, talking that way with but me. Just because... No, no, no. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think even though they... It's not that they don't acknowledge it. They don't agree with it. They don't think it's something that you should be talking about and, and, and picking on those people. You know, I, I could see their point of view, man. I really oh, can't. I, I mean, I, I kind well, it's a joke. I know it's a joke. It made me laugh. I thought it was funny when you said it. Look, I don't mind uh, offensive jokes. I like them. I think yeah. they're funny. I mean, I love, uh, I, I love guys that say shit that I, I know they don't even believe, but they just say, like, yeah. Norton is a perfect example of that. Sure. Half of his act is horrible, horrible insulting, yeah. in, you know, racist or not, not, I should say racist. It's not really racist. But it's that it's horribly insulting shit. But I know that's what he's doing. But I take issue with the fact that I'm being that the they're they're sort of classifying this as what I said as the equivalent of uh, you know an internet. No, Brian, don't bother shutting that door while you flush the toilet. It's, it's fine <laughs> to break through the it's microphone and be interesting. Add some background noise. They're qualifying what I'm saying as as like the equivalent of hey, here's a here's a racist like internet joke. Like I'm shitting on them, but I do feel like that the joke is really more about, I, I don't, I'm not saying you can't, you are not agreeing with the, with my perception of it, but the, the joke is that it's not that I'm, I'm using, I'm actually being making the joke on the Mexican person. That's not fair to them, but the equivalent I'm saying is you guys think that of aboriginals and you can say that like, well, not all of us do, but it's a widely held perspective among white Australians. Right. Okay. How is that any different than doing a black people are lazy joke? Um, how is it any different than black people? Are yeah. Lazy? Because Mexicans I mean, don't have how, feelings. How is, it, how is it any different? Like, you know, what, what you're saying is you're implying that these people are, are lazy, right? Like, I mean, I'm, not, I'm trying to, not trying to break down the material, but if right. someone said a really racist joke about black people and about black people being lazy and mm-hmm. welfare and this and that, it's basically the same thing. It's a racist joke, and it will appeal to some people. It doesn't mean that it's a widely held belief. It's just that it's acknowledged that there's a lot of people that do feel that way. And if you say some really fucked up racist yeah. joke, there's a certain percentage of the population that's going to laugh at that. How is that any different than making fun of these Aboriginal people? Well, I mean, again, like in the joke that I said, mm-hmm. I'm saying that like I spoke to Mexicans. I think they're like Aboriginals. Well, they drink a lot, and they're super lazy. Because I know... That's your right in my mind. That's your perception of them, right? So I, it's more like I'm highlighting to you it's some the truth. perception of them, right? You know but for me, I'm saying that like that's the truth that I see in you about those people. Mm-hmm. 
you know? So I don't see it as, I guess in my mind, I'm not seeing it as, hey, I'm calling them lazy and drunk. I'm saying I know that you call them lazy and drunk. Well, look, here's, here's my point. I, I think it's funny, and I think you should keep saying it, because guess what? A lot of them are fucking lazy, and a lot of them are drunk. Right. They think it's sad, and they think it's, it's racist because these people are downtrodden, and it's really yeah. a fucked up situation, right. and they're right, too. They're right, too, but they're also like, hey, don't joke about that thing that we feel bad about. Right. Is kind of what, what I'm being, right. is what I feel like. And then, well, the, other, the second part to this is that, like, five days later, the same guy who reviewed me that first night wrote an article called uh, Racism or Political Correctness Gone Mad. And it's an article where he writes, he's like, uh, he, he's, he starts off talking about an episode. Oh, well, he says, um, I can't hide from this relationship. It's my responsibility to deal with it. I mean, what kind of man would I be if I ran off now? Well, you'd be a black man. That's the answer. And it's uh, from an episode of The Family Guy. So he starts writing that, like, the joke is, like, Stewie's, like, saying, you know, if you left now, what would you be? I'd be black, like a guy that doesn't... Take care of his kids. Right. So that was the joke. And then he starts examining, like, that type of material. And then he brings up yours truly by saying, um, he's like, uh, it came to mind last week when uh, Tom Segura opened the show by declaring how great it was to be in Melbourne because there are so many white people here, which is not what I said. I said it was like heaven. <laughs> uh, and then he went on to co- making a joke comparing Aborigines and Mexicans, which I won't repeat here. And then he says, the audience gasped, but still seemed to enjoy the rest of his set where he ranted against Stupid people and blah, blah, blah. What surprised me the most was that a couple audience members I spoke to afterwards had completely forgot it, forgotten about the opening mind, opening line. Because um, they apparently didn't hold on to that as much as he wanted them to. Uh, but to his mind, I was deliberately trying to shock the audience from the outset. And he's, I don't believe he's actually racist. Um, but I think he was doing something that's considered fine on the U.S. comedy circuit. U.S., uh, so are we too sensitive here in Australia? Jokes on race are probably the last remaining taboo in Australian comedy. It's a free-for-all for pretty much any other thing, pedophiles, incest jokes. Um, and then his own take is that in some parts of the U.S., namely New York and California, they seem to move into a post-political correctness era, while middle America is still stuck in pre-political correctness. Um, and he also goes on to talk about the right to free speech and playing a part in our doing this. But I don't really think that writer sounds like a moron. Yeah. I don't think that's accurate at all, but I do think that the article at least asked the question that I kind of wanted uh, the other people like on the staff to ask, which was like, are we being hypersensitive to something? Like I clearly touched a nerve in a few people that work there with that joke. If you can't touch nerves in comedy, then what are you doing? You're taking like you're taking so much off the table if you can't touch nerves. I think so too. It's like saying I want to go see a movie but I want no violence and no sex. Please tell a nice story. Yeah, it's called rated right. G. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you know, I enjoy a good violent movie, right? And rappers have had this argument for years, like how is what they're doing different than the movie Scarface? Yeah. You know, are they they're not providing fictional entertainment? That's what they're saying. They're they're, yeah. they're saying they're providing entertainment. They're, they're they're giving you an outlet for this kind of shit, you know? Yeah. And and it's just, look, man, especially when you got a couple of drinks in you, some inappropriate, you know, yeah. ridiculous, uh, off-color jokes are hilarious. Sure, yeah. What's wrong with that kind of entertainment? It's what makes me laugh. It's like, I mean, and I gotta say, like, I don't just do 
race material, but I always do something usually like involving race. Like it's just part of something that I always find inherently interesting and funny. And I usually, I feel like the context of it being in a joke though does make it somewhat different. Like I joke about it uh, on stage. I joke about it on Twitter. I joke about it in real life. And there is a line and there's definitely a hateful line, I feel like, and, and, a, and a line. I mean, it's everyone's own line. It's, it's subjective. But I just feel like that there is a place to say, well, like, that these are jokes. Do you feel like as you get more famous and more known for your comedy that maybe you're going to have more of a responsibility to balance it out? Yeah. Like, you'll have like a black joke, but you better have some white people jokes in there, too. To- oh, yeah. Well, the thing that I've found the most is that when I go out and I do like a full show, a full hour show, I've never had anybody really say anything. Because usually what people say is like, hey, when you shit on whatever, uh, I would have gotten mad, but you, you give it out so evenly. Like, I feel like, you know, you, do, you made fun of Mexicans. And, and yourself, homes, too. And myself. So they're All like, the they're like yeah. you made fun of everything, therefore it's cool. If you do a shorter set, you're right. much more like, I mean, you think about it. We were only doing 20-minute sets yeah. on this thing. The 20-minute set, those two jokes that I told you, uh, one of them, I mean, the white, the white people one is like, it's, it blows my mind that somebody would be offended by that, like that they really couldn't get that that's a joke. But those two things took 45 seconds to tell, What's, and they still stood I see, out. This is, again, I don't think that it's not that they can't tell that it's a joke. It's just they think that the sentiment is mean. Yeah, I, I, no, that comes across to me. Race, yeah. Racism doesn't exist, for one. But do you think... If, <laughs> do you, do you this think, is something that Dale Wright told us last week. <laughs> not for tickling player. Uh, do you think if you would have done the jokes, you would have uh, been fired from the tour? If what? If you would have continued to do the jokes all 10 shows, do you think you would have been fired from the oh, tour? Oh, dude. It, listen, the, the way... The thing that stood out to me the most isn't even this article mm-hmm. or or anybody's review or anything. It's that 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 staff was so disapproving of what I had said. Well, they're artsy types, yeah. big time. They're festival people. Yeah, and I mean artsy festival type people, man. That's that's always going to be something. Yeah. To answer your question, yes, towards. I think I would have been asked to leave. Yeah, that's uh, fucking comedy festivals are a hard time too, man, because you never know what they're into. The people that they might be into alternative comedy, yeah. and they might think that you know the the type of stuff you're doing is too crass or too mainstream, yeah. and you know a lot of people who are comedy nerds like really and i mean it's like people who are only into the pixies yeah you know, i mean if i'm in your car you put on the pixies i'm gonna go what the fuck is this and why are you making me listen to it you know what i mean what you you're too Christina cool for the doors the yeah yeah you're you're too cool for um would you have done the, continue to do the jokes if they would have said that same thing to you i wouldn't have done the joke in the first place it's not my style of comedy right i would have done it i would have done something different and if i felt like i liked it yes yeah i would have done it yeah for sure yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that I like that have jokes that I laugh at, but I wouldn't do. That's one of them. Have you recently had a club or anything tell you, like, hey, we don't want that that shit? Nah. No, no way. Nah. Not if you move nah. tickets, dude. If you yeah. sell tickets, they're like, hey, you want to jerk off on <laughs> the front row? I'm not causing riots. Yeah. No one's lighting the tables on fire. They don't care. But it's been a long time since I had anybody. Mitzi Shore was the last person to tell me not to do a joke. Really? Yep. What was the joke? joke? Anne Nicole Smith. <clears throat> I used to do this joke about Anne Nicole Smith's husband. Yeah. Hilarious. Because she married, this is one of my closing bits. Yeah. Because she married this billionaire and everybody was like, oh, it's so terrible. Like, she's just using him for his money. I'm like, don't you think he fucking knows that? This guy made a billion dollars from scratch. Chances are he's a tad crafty. 
Yeah. Like, there's this whole bit about yeah. him getting her to do the most ruthless shit for, for her money. Like, you know, because and he was this... dying on his deathbed, and Mitzi did not like it. Because he was an old man, and she's uh, an old woman. And uh, she, she just didn't like the idea of old being so disgusting. She's like, that uh, joke's <laughs> terrible. You gotta stop doing that joke. I go, Mitzi, it kills. It's my closing bitch. He goes, I don't like it. Don't do it. You said, like, she you, literally told me not to do it. Did you not do it again? I didn't do it when she was in the room. Yeah. You know, she was there. Uh, you know, I didn't have to do it. It's I used it as an exercise. I said, all right, good. I'll close with something else because she's here. For the record, I love Aboriginal people. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. For the record, I have no idea what they are. No, I should tell you this, Natives, though. Because this sounds like... You know the I, whole story of Australia? It's really fascinating. No, it is a fascinating story. It's I know fucking, about them being a prison it country. Is, yeah, that's the story. It's an amazing, beautiful country. But only along the coast. The center is death. Really? Yeah. The center is just poisonous snakes Dude. and fucking crocodiles and... Oh, really? uh, Spiders. Dude, it's an enormous geographic country if you look at the size of right, it. Right, right. 20 million people live in Australia. Wow, really? It's a continent, right? Yeah, it's a continent, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really a country, it's, but it's, it's enormous. a continent. It's enormous, yeah. Yeah, it's huge, but it's all people around the edges. So there's nothing in the middle. There's no well, there's main... just death, death. That's but anyway, these, these Aboriginal people were there first. And when the Americans, or the English rather, when they sent over their, their prisoners, you know, then these, you know, these new people integrated. It's really fascinating when you're yeah. there. Be like, you look at all these incredible buildings. Like, this all started off with some fucking poor people on some boats. Yeah. You know, some poor shithead, some outcasts, you know, sent out of England. And they, yeah. they to a way better spot. Yeah. Way better than England. Yeah. I mean, what were they thinking, man? They sent people to something. The weather is gorgeous. The views are incredible. It's beautiful. It I mean, really in is. England is just fucking dour and gray and rainy and Seattle. And, yeah. you know, is, you'd go there. And it's, isn't it's Australia have, like, the most strip clubs per like Kappa or whatever, like there's really? tons of strip. I, d- I got to tell you this though. I the people it. there are awesome. And I'm not just oh, saying yeah. like the, like, I mean on the streets, wherever you go, everybody is Canadian like, like super helpful, yeah. very friendly. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, the audiences like, you know, from doing the audiences, we did like 12, 13 shows. Amazing. Like they were literally just the best audiences you could ask for. Yeah, was every night. Every night was just like, holy shit, that was fucking awesome. Like, yeah, every show was like that. Every show, really great. Really Sydney, great. I've only been there twice, but both times are fucking incredible. It's just in in again, it's not just going there and and you know, it's not even just the shows, just right. the people in general. Yeah, white people, they're great. <laughs> Australia is pretty sweet. It's a yeah. nice spot. It's a it's one of those few places outside of the United States where I would think about living. Really? Yeah. Yeah, if there's some fucking crazy nuclear meltdown here in America. Somebody launches off a dirty bomb. You know, you could do, you look, Arch Barker's killing it over there in Australia. Dude, he is fucking crushing He's Dan it. Cook over there. Yeah. He's their version of Dan Cook. He was doing, uh, I got to hang out with him a couple of times. He's doing, like, the, the thing about that festival is you do, like, a run, right? Like, you do this many, two weeks. We did two weeks, and there was two other, and there was another show that replaced ours for the remaining two weeks. Arch does... Like the month, he does the whole festival, fifteen hundred seater, like twenty five shows in a row, <laughs> with like a day off, like twice, and that's incredible. Sells out like fifteen hundred seater that like twenty five times in a row. 
That's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, he just hit over there somehow or another. He's huge. I mean, then you see him on like on the plane when you're watching movies on the way. It's Orange mm-hmm. Barker comedy specials. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you see him uh, in the, if you're in your room, you turn on the TV, you see Orange. It's amazing and, how a guy would just become super popular in another country like that. Yeah. Like, Eddie If does really well in Australia. He does, yeah. But it fucking bites him in the ass, man. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like, not that he doesn't do well over there. He loves that. Yeah. But that he, he's, for some reason, he's not like that over here. Right, Like, it right. drives him crazy. Sure. You know, so he's over here. Now he's spending a lot of time over here trying to put, and he's a funny guy. Totally, yeah. You know, but. Yeah. I think it's fascinating, fascinating that Jim Jeffries, right, super funny massive in the uk massive in the uk big here does really well does a lot of you know sells out venues all the time doesn't even go to australia which is his home country and he he did uh they told me he did a gala they do this gala a big show to launch the festival so what they do is they have like 28 comics everybody has three minutes and they broadcast it nationally like like a quarter of the population of the country sees this this gala event and uh, Jim did one where he did uh, he just did a three minute thing, and his opening joke was about like how he got in the car with a girl, and the girl was like, um, "Hold on one second, uh, um, I gotta make a phone call." She calls, she's like, "Hey, yeah, I'm taking this guy home. What was your name again?" And he was like, "It's Jim Jeffries." She's like, "Oh, it's Jim Jeffries." So if anything happens to me, Jim Jeffries, Jim Jeffries, okay? And she's like, "Sorry, I just had to do that because I don't really know you." And he goes, "Well, that's fine. It's just gonna make this rape a little awkward." <laughs> That was like the joke or some something along those lines. The place went like silent, like fucking deathly silent. And then they were like totally turned off by him. And he had like a terrible run and he just doesn't even go back wow. to Australia. From one show? I don't know if it's just that. I'm saying I think he had a bad He's experience. got a bit of a complex. He's got a bit of a complex because I was talking to him. We were at the improv and he's like, I can't even fucking sell tickets in Australia. He was really mad. Yeah. Yeah, he was really mad. I think, it, I mean, a lot of that has to be the fact that he's oddly enough more successful in the bigger markets like uk and united states he's bigger so what the australians don't like him for that you think i, I don't know what it is but i i think maybe now like if he he's become more of a name outside he can go back and do well <laughs> but i just find it interesting that like that that's clearly the third market in that tier in that right in that group and you would think that like a guy who's had the success that he's had, he's, he's really huge in the UK. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, he's a pretty big name here that he doesn't go back, like, he can't go back there. Who the fuck knows what people like, you it's, know? It's probably the whole USA is super cool thing, too, going on. You know, like, where you have, like, an American person going to the Australia, that's what's popular about it because they're, they're American, you know, American comic. You know, kind of like how Japanese people like Levi's, you know? they It's not because Levi's is awesome. It's, like, American. You I know? wonder because Arj lives there now. Yeah. You know? He, like, moved there, you know? Tommy, wake up. Sorry. You motherfucker. I was reading something. You keep doing that. No, just twice. It's brutal. Sorry. Oh, Tommy. Tommy. Don't Come you on. know. We're in the middle of breaking down the Arge Barker scenario. Arge Barker. I think that uh, Jeffries is hilarious, but... He's you know, funny, dude. Maybe they, they find him embarrassing over there. Maybe really? Maybe it's too much of what they are. Maybe they don't like it. Maybe He's they don't see so, that mirror on themselves. Russell Peters, or not Russell Peters, uh, what's the guy that's married to Katy Perry? Or Russell Brand. Russell, oh. Is Russell Brand big in the UK? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He does like the O2 Arena. You want to see yeah. some bad stand-up? Watch his DVD. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty bad. Oh, he's, a, he's like an open micer. I, cu- I couldn't believe it. I mean, it, repeating punchlines and shit. Like you already said that. Yeah, you know, and and wasn't a good one in the first place. Like punchlines that were like right out of like some evening the improv sketch. Yeah, it's just not good comedy, man. It's just. 
He's a great actor. He's really funny. In he's the a great actor, yeah. I loved him in that Sarah Marshall. Yeah, he was great in that. Yeah, but that's the problem. That's every character is that character. You know, that's, that's what I hate about it. Like, every movie he's in, it's the exact same character. Jack Nicholson. You think he's the same in every movie? 90% of the movies. So you like his character? The Love it. Love the character. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't yeah. mind him. I don't, I don't mind him being the same guy if he's really awesome at it. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, Clint Eastwood, how many times did he play the same guy? A hundred. He's awesome at it. Yeah. Doesn't bother yeah. me. Yeah. That Russell Brand guy's awesome at it. He's hilarious. Yeah. Stand-up sucks a bag of dicks, though. Oof. I heard his book is awesome. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. He's got stories. That's the guy who has fucking stories. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's quite like, a character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't. I don't know what the fuck it is, man, between uh, Americans liking English people and English people liking Americans. Is it just something different? I guess it is, right? Yeah. You always look at the grass is always greener. You know. Do you, are you a big fan of British comics? No. No. Not me. But music. Music, you do. I like a lot of British music. Yeah. Yeah. But like British comics, <sighs> doesn't work with me for some reason. It doesn't. It doesn't hit. There's. There's something about. I don't know. I. I, I can't break it down. But there's just something that like the majority of British comics just don't even though they're like this guy is fucking amazing it just doesn't what about British comedy shows there have been some fantastic ones I think that I still think that that, uh, the British office office is just like perfect television that show is amazing my favorite British comedian is Jeremy Clarkson and he's not even a comedian oh really the guy's hilarious he's the guy who's the the guy on Top Gear oh yeah the main guy on Top Gear yeah fucking hilarious He's really funny. That's funny. That's the guy that reviewed you. No, <laughs> that's the guy. Favorite? No, I had to. Uh, I think that's the name, right? Yeah, that's who they used. Uh, they compared me to him. Really? They oh, said, because he says a lot of rude shit. He said that shit about Mexicans on his show. You heard. You heard what he said. What did he that. say about Mexicans on the show? Oh yeah, oh, they uh, they got in big trouble. Big trouble. Right? What happened? They said they were reviewing a car, and I guess the car was was yet to be made or something, and like it's coming, it's going to be from Mexico, and he was like, well. I'm sure that car will be like a real piece of shit because, you know, Mexicans just sit around. They're super drunk um, and they don't really do anything. So that car will probably be just like that. And people were like, oh, my God. And like the Mexican consulate was like, you need we're going to fucking pull our embassy out of there. Like wow. you guys need to apologize. That's hilarious. Sensitive. I support you, Jeremy. Sensitive. Yeah. Wow. He, I mean, his was it, it was kind of I think it was like kind of went on a little bit. Right. Like he kind of hit, hit I, the point a few more times. This weekend I was in Solvang, which is north of Santa Barbara. It's like a wine country. And there was no black people there. Like none. Zero. And we were talking about it the whole weekend, how crazy. We were actually trying to play a game to try to find the first black person there. Yeah. And uh, we're just sitting there in our car and we're kind of buzzed and stuff. And suddenly this black guy just knocks on my door. And I'm like, oh shit, here it goes. What's, what the fuck? Why is he knocking on my window? And he goes, excuse me, you have a, a tree branch under your tire. Let me get this for you. And I'm like, oh. Thanks. But I was so freaked out. Wow. You're a mess. You don't see them for a while. Yeah, they, yeah. They pop out and what knock on the window. Yeah. This is what Jeremy Clarkson said about Mexicans in his column. Mexico doesn't have an Olympic team because anyone who could run, jump, or swim is already across the border. <laughs> uh, but what did he say on that show? You got, is that what that says there? Yeah, but here's some fucking whack-ass shit. Some comedian attacked them. Some, some comedian named Steve Coogan. You know, oh, he's a big British comic. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he attacked them, calling them a, a bully because of what they said about Mexico. Come That's on, man. That's weak shit oh, right there. this is one other thing I got to tell you. This is, and this I feel like is 100% true. That's an example of it. It's only white people that are ever offended for people. Like, I've said offensive things at shows before that in my mind, whatever, it's in the context of the joke or whatever. And like, 
the same joke that a black guy has hugged me for. I'm going to give you a fucking hug after this show. That shit was hilarious, man. I've had white people uh, approach me. And right. Me. So you can say jokes about white people, but black people won't get offended at you saying those jokes about white people. But if you say jokes about black people, white people will get offended. Right. That's if you say saying. jokes about black people, white people will get offended for right. them. And but that same say- black person or Mexican person or whomever will will be like, that was a funny joke. Maybe. 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 Some one or two. Right. But the point is, you can't. You could say a joke about white people yeah. and black people will never come up to you and go, that you're fucked up. Oh. You shouldn't have never done that. Never. Right. Never. Never. Yeah. Tricky, yeah. right? And most of the time, though, when you do jokes about race, though, it is a minority person that is not offended by it. Right, like that that applauds it in some way, like whatever. The here's the you know I got the joke, I like the joke. White people though love to tell you how offended they are for that group. You know, I'm hmm. so I'm so that that's not okay. It's like really, you're telling me that you have some vested interest in defending a group that you are not a part of. You're gonna you're offended for them. This Steve Coogan guy annoys the fuck out of me. What do he say? This is what he says. The lads talking about Jeremy Clark's <clears throat> Jeremy Clarkson and James May uh, and Richard Hammond on the show who they're funny guys, man. They yeah. say funny shit. Yeah, they do. And they shit on each other. They call yeah. each other idiots and imbeciles yeah. all the time. Like, you know, Jeremy Clarkson was driving a car and like look at him. He's basically a baboon. You know, like they're, they're yeah. constantly shitting on each other. I mean, yeah. that's the show. So this is what this moron says. This is this uh, this Coogan character who just called him a, a, a bully. He said the lads have this strange notion that if they are being offensive, it bestows upon them a kind of anti-establishment aura of coolness. In fact, like their leather jackets and jeans, it's uber conservative, which isn't cool. The fuck are you talking about? What you're saying? What's cool and not cool? First of all, shut up, stupid. Yeah, you know you're you're telling people what's cool and what's not cool. Guess they get anti-establishment because they they like to be offensive. They like to be offensive because it's funny, stupid. Yeah, that's a whole thing. And if you're not offensive, you're yeah. not offensive at all. Yeah, I bet you're not funny. Yeah. I bet you're not. I bet. I bet if this is what you're attacking—a funny joke about Mexican swimmers, jumpers, and and and, and fucking runners—you you you're you're going to write an article about this to defend Mexico, you fucking shitbag. It's a. Uh, it's also like inappropriateness is why is is what's funny. You yeah. know, if you're if you're all being the time. A, yeah, of course. I enjoy it. I enjoy it, and I'm a nice person. But I enjoy a good Mexican joke, but just like I enjoy a good white people joke. Yeah. You know, look, if you've got some funny shit to say about anybody, yeah. come on with it. Anything is cool. You know, calling someone a bully. He's a stupid looking fuck. Took, look at him. And the picture says, unimpressed, Steve Coogan. Oh, no. Well, I'm unimpressed with you, dummy. <laughs> Getting mad at Jeremy Clarkson, you fuck. He's the greatest fucking export you people have ever had. <laughs> He's jealous. He is jealous. He's jealous. hating. He's, he's trying to get attention, and he got it. He got it from everybody, including it. me. I, I'm a fool. I played right into his hand. <laughs> God damn it. He knows what he was doing. I just, man, I have a real hard time with anybody who has, like, mock anger, you know? Yeah. Mock upset, you know? I got into a real fucking serious, like, almost like a, a fight with this bartender in New York once because he was trying to um, pretend to this woman you know, that he was like some super fucking defender, feminist sort of a guy. And it was about O.J. Simpson. You know, they were talking about O.J. Simpson. And, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we were sitting around talking and it was me and the, the, the waitress were talking and the bartender kind of chimed in and cock blocked to like to shut me down. 
But, uh, you know, she was saying how, well, he beat the shit out of his wife. I go, well, I go, he was, uh, he did something where they had a restraining order against him. I go, but that doesn't mean anything. When people are breaking up, people do nutty shit. Yeah. You know, you never know. And then so the fucking bartender comes over, leans over the bar like he's scolding me and said, he pleaded no contest. Do you understand what that means? That means he beats women. And he did it like out of nowhere. Like we yeah. weren't even having a conversation. All I'm saying is that sometimes when relationships go bad, man, people accuse people of all kinds of crazy shit to get custody of the kids, to get yeah. more money, to get, you know, to, to put the, the balance of power on their side. And when it comes to, you know, the legal proceedings, that's all I was saying was that like, yeah, you never know what the fuck's going on when two people break up because I've seen some nutty shit myself. And this motherfucker leaned over the counter. To, to like to scold me yeah. to be Captain Savaho in front of this girl, and I was like, "Wow! Like, if you're really upset at you know at me over this, like there there has to be something else. There, I have, must have done something to you before, which I hadn't. I never even saw the guy. Or you're Captain Savaho. Yeah, you're that asshole. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna pretend that you're really super sensitive and cool, and that's yeah. why people like you. Yeah, yeah. That 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 the, being super sensitive is not helping anybody, man. That shit ain't helping anybody. I, I actually kind of subscribe to the idea, too, that, like, there is... I don't really believe in at least comics being offended by things, like, finding things offensive in jokes, like, on stage. I I've, I have a kind of a problem with, like... Like, you know, there was a joke there where, like... I don't know. Somebody told another joke about, like, a, a separate thing, but the person was like, oh, I, don't, I wouldn't be cool with that. And I was like... Well, you're essentially, when you say that, you're saying, like, everything else is cool. You can talk about all these other things, but you can't talk about that. I think it's more uncomfortable with fat jokes, just because it seems like that... Because you're fat. Well, no. <laughs> because there's I've seen people in the I audience... No, no. I mean, because I have, I have fat jokes, and I say I feel uncomfortable saying it, is what yes. I'm saying. Yeah. Because cause there's, I've been in audiences before where I've seen the audience just sit there and just, like, hold their head like they're fucking sad because they're thinking about how fat they are. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah you're allowed to shit on fat people way too easy. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's obviously their own fault because they're the one who ate the food, right? right? But still, you know, you're, you're still, it's like, how is it any different than shitting on poor people? Right. Yeah, you know, that's sort of their fault too, right? They have been alive on this earth X amount of years. It's their job to accumulate enough money to not be poor. Yeah, but yet you know you shit on poor people. It's in very, very poor taste. You know, it feels yeah. awful. You know, but you shit on fat people. It's like they're both people who have you know been in a bad circumstance and made bad decisions, probably. You know, but yeah, fat people they don't nobody backs them up. Yeah, I I I don't like doing it. I guess much. I just I think like I mean if you're across the board, some people don't like jokes that they feel like have a mean edge or mm -hmm. nastiness behind them. But some people are like are fine with like let's say uh, I don't know a Mexican joke that they mm -hmm. be like oh, that's cool. But then they'll be offended by you know the fat joke or something like that. Or an abortion cool. joke. Oh, abortion's a huge one, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But it's like really you're going to like so that should the show cater to you? Like is that essentially what you're asking right. for? Are you going to dictate the terms? Of the show now? Well, that's a real problem. People don't know who you are before you go up there. Yeah. If you if they get into the Tom Segura mindset and they listen to your podcast devoutly, and then they is that a word? Then they uh, they come to <laughs> they come to see you they come to see you uh, at a show and they know what they're getting. They're there for the fucking Tom Segura show, right? And, you know they know your style of comedy. But yeah. if they have no idea who the fuck you are and you just do some show somewhere and you show up, yeah. Then it's like, well, who's this Tom Segura guy? Yeah. Why is he shitting on Aboriginals? Right. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and I think like the big thing was like, 
doing, like I said, long, or can you do like a full show and people almost are never upset because they see the full thing. They had the whole meal. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, they go, right. I see what you do. Like you said, you make fun of yourself. You make fun of all these groups. It's kind of like you can't really say like I'm offended because you're being selective about the one thing. Right. You give right, it evenly. Right. You give it across the board. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you sort of see that there are not, no sac- there's nothing sacred. No subjects are sacred. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to have people that get fucking heated with things that you say, right? All the time. <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. I've, really? Pretty easy going. Yeah. I mean, I've had uh, a few people get upset at me at uh, some of my gay jokes. You know? Oh, really? That's yeah. a big one? But yeah. I, I, I used to have this whole thing about defending it. Like, I have no problem with gay people. But you can't tell me it's not funny when guys want to fuck guys. It's just funny. They get upset about that? Yeah. Well, I, I used to did this whole bit about Brokeback Mountain that was one of my favorite unintentional comedies ever. Because I, I fucking, and this is true, I laughed my ass off in that movie. I thought it was really funny. All the and sex I had scenes. The, yeah. And, yeah. The, you know, and people were, you know, I've had people tell me that, that, the, it's, it, that the bit is homophobic. And I'm like, it's not homophobic because homophobia is phobia. It's like you're, you're saying you fear gay people or you have an, a hate towards gay people. It's, yeah. it's a lot of times interpreted that way. It's not, it's not saying that you don't think it's funny. Yeah. No, I have no fear, no hate. Right. But you can't tell me things aren't funny. Look, yeah. Everyone's funny, you know. Your physical defects are funny. I have a friend who's seven foot tall. When I stand next to him, I look like a child. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's fuzzy, funny because I'm short. Yeah. I mean, it is funny. I mean, there's no getting around that. Yeah. When I watch two guys kiss each other, I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I don't think you should stop doing it because I think it's funny, and I'm not going to mock you openly. Right. I'm not going to roll down the window, kiss him more, you fucking queer. Yeah. I'm not. I was in. Uh, I was in um, uh, Hollywood, leaving the comedy store, and I was going uh, towards. Santa Monica Boulevard was going down to um, Jerry's Deli to get some food and you know that area where La Cienega is and Santa Monica is like yeah. Boys Town man. yeah 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 everything to the right Wee-ho. everything west yeah. everything west is as gay as can get man and there was these fucking two guys and they both had their hands on each other's belt loops like crisscrossed, yeah. I, you know, he had his hands on one guy and the other guy, and I, I'm sitting in the car and they're rubbing crotches together and like sort of leaning back and bracing each other yeah. by rubbing dicks together, and I'm sure. like, whoa! Yeah. And then they started kissing, and I swear to God, Stop I had laughing. a, I had to roll up the window, man. Yeah. I had to roll up the window, and I'm biting my lip. Yeah, I, it's hilarious. It's funny. It Doesn't funny. mean you should stop doing it. Right. Enjoy the fuck out of it. Do do whatever you want to do, but you can't tell me that all sorts of things are funny. All, all sorts of things are funny, even if they they make you feel uncomfortable because you don't funny. like the fact that people think it's funny that you right. like to fuck guys. Right. But it is funny, man. Yeah. It is. There's a funny video you need to watch. You'll laugh your ass off. It's called Vampire Boys. It's a movie about these <laughs> vampires, and they're all gay. I'm but laughing I, I don't think that they're supposed to be 100%. I don't know, but the, the, I saw the preview the other day on a movie, and it was just... The most hilarious thing ever. They're not supposed. It's, it's not a gay movie. I think it is because well, there's one point where the the two vampires do kiss, but I don't think they're all supposed to be gay. But I think the all the actors they picked are gay. And Wait a minute, the vampires are men and they kiss. So yeah, they look, are supposed look, to be look, gay. Look, here's the poster of it. Uh, oh, it's a goddamn gay porno, Brian. These <laughs> is guys, they're all like Chippendales dancers. With their shirts open up and shit. It's so fucking hilarious. Did you watch it? The, the, I just watched the preview and I laughed my ass off the whole time. Did you get hard? Uh, just slightly. A little bit? A little bit? What about the midget joke? Do you ever feel bad telling the midget joke? Because you and I have talked about your midget bit before. Yeah. You asked me once when we smoked a little bit of weed. Yeah. You know, yeah. you smoke weed, you get real sensitive. Yeah. When you said to me, do you think I should stop doing that joke? You were like, it is pretty, like, you're like, it is kind of me. 
mean like it does. They can't help it. They can't help it, yeah. It's not like they're stupid or it's not like they, you know, they're they're cheap. It's not like they're they're making some stupid choice, you know. I've just... never gotten I have gotten uh approached about it mm-hmm. before. Um and I I did have a family breakdown one time at a show. Uh the regular size people uh came up to me and and the woman was crying hysterically because their son was a dwarf. Wow. And it like destroyed them and they tried to watch the rest of the show and they couldn't and like uh the manager was like Were they just too short to see the stage? No. They uh they you know they they you should the have guy, edited yourself there. You should have thought about saying it and go, that's not really that funny. The guy came up to me <laughs> after the show and he goes, Can I talk to you for a second? I was walking to the back of the room and I was like, What's up, man? He was like, That was very funny. Set, you're really funny. I was like, oh, thanks a lot, man. And like the, sh- the set had gone really well. Right. So I, was, I thought it was somebody who was like, I just like you a lot. And I was like, cool. And he was like, oh, just one other thing. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, yeah, my son is a dwarf. And I was like, ah. Oh. And I was like, yeah. And, I, and then I'm just looking at him. He's just standing there looking at me. And I was like, is this guy going to hit me? Like, what's he going to do? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, um, I go, I get it, man. Like, it's offensive to you. And he goes, no, it's not offensive to me. It's offensive to him and who he's going to be. And I was like, mm. all right. And he's like, I know what you're thinking. Like, they, they all become doctors or lawyers or whatever. Like, they'll make a good life for themselves. But what? I know. I was like, well, I'm not going to say Midgets anything. all become doctors or lawyers? That's what he said. <laughs> and then he goes. Um, First time I've ever heard that. Maybe that's what he uses at work. But then he goes, he says that. And then he goes. The kid's a midget. Yeah, they all become doctors or lawyers. <laughs> that fucking criminal you got. At least he's not a faggot. Uh, <laughs> he goes. He goes, uh, but anyways, really funny stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, like he had to tag it with, but, right. you know, I'm a fan. And I was like, all right. And then I kind of linger in the back. And then like 10, 15 minutes later, I see the same man and a woman who I have to assume is his wife. And she's a fucking bawling to the manager. I see the manager like nodding like, mm-hmm. and she's like, he's a fucking asshole. And I was like, that's about me. So I just dip, dipped out and then. God, you're a heartbreaker, Tom. The guy, the guy, the manager told me, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I offered them free tickets, but then as they're about to leave, I, I go, oh, hey, by the way, I can't guarantee you the next guy won't, won't do something like that, too. Like, he had to remind them that, like, right. I don't have, like, a, like a midget calendar and a non-midget calendar, like, to know, like, who's coming to town and what they're going to talk about. And I was like, you should have just given them tickets to see Brad. That would have fucking solved everything. Right. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but Brad, um, Williams. Brad Williams. Brad Williams, who's a... A little person. A little yeah. person. Um, so, I... Uh, that's you know that was pretty like, like but do you do you think about not doing it after that i think about not doing it like just because i did it once in australia and they also included that like about how mean it was <laughs> and like and the guy was like kind of hacky so i was like i'm just not doing it the rest of this trip so i just didn't do it again there right and now it's to the point where i do get bored i closed with it for so long that i'm just bored of saying it so i'm not closing with it anymore i just say i just do something else so for me it's it, i don't really feel bad about it I just feel tired of saying it. Would you do it in a room full of midgets? If it was just midgets, just midgets, I don't no know, one but, man. no if, one but, if a whole you got, audience like, full of midgets. If you guys were like in the wings, like do it, I would do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, notice awesome. how Tom made us the enablers. <laughs> <laughs> but just, I, I don't think I would do it just to. If I had a room full of just midgets, just to, I mean, you know, yeah. it would be fun. Like, uh, have, be a fun story. To tell about the like the brawl afterwards or something, but I, I don't do, know if I would do that. I have one joke that I do edit if certain people are in the audience, and it's it's a fat joke. Really? Yeah, I do this line about Vegas that you know the thing about Vegas is you got to know oh, when yeah. you go to sleep. And the, yeah. the moment you must go to bed is when you see the first fat girl 
walking barefoot carrying her shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her, it's funny. Yeah, everything after her is a mistake. You had to edit because you see fat I see chicks. him and I feel yeah. bad. Yeah. And I've said big girls. I've said big girls, but really, I should just stop you know, saying it. I've said black girls too, and he gets a different laugh. They're like, yeah, they're like, see the first uh-huh. black girl walking barefoot carrying their shoes. The right. go, I know. And you're like, what do you like, know? What are you, what are you yeah. saying? I'm just trying to <laughs> get around this. Just trying to yeah. get around a fat joke. I've actually, you know, it's funny. I've I've had fat lines before, and I'm fat. Mm-hmm. And I've felt bad, right? Like I've seen somebody just who's like way fatter than me. Why I just go? Do like, you say that you're fat though? Do you, do you joke about it? In, in in this particular joke, no. And so I'll just kind of like I'll just jump around it, like I because I'll feel bad, like mm-hmm. I because I've said it before and seen like a really obese fat person, right? And I'm like, man, they like I just crushed that person, yeah. You know? And they can't even be like, fuck you, you're fat. Cause I'd be like, right. you're 600 pounds. You know, right. like, like <laughs> you're ready. You're ready yeah, for yeah. you got your comeback line. Yeah, yeah, like I kiss. So I felt bad for that. That's Eddie you know? Bravo in the Falcon line. Remember that? Oh, <laughs> what's that? Eddie got mad at uh, Joey Diaz once because Joey Diaz is the master of the one-liner. Yeah, you know, and Eddie had this. Uh, you know, Eddie like changed his look over the years and became much when he focused on his music became much more rock and roll yeah. style. Yeah. and he had this big bracelet on that was a leather bracelet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they're stylish. People like wearing them, whatever. But uh, Joey Diaz, he's like, what are you waiting for, a fucking falcon to land on your arm? <laughs> I remember I laughed so hard, but he got Eddie so got mad. Eddie, got, Eddie goes, fuck you, you're 300 pounds. And we were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right whoa. to a fat joke. Yeah. But we had to, like, go, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. He just joked on your wristband. And yeah. You're, all, you're getting all upset and going right after his weight. Do you know what, by, <laughs> by far, by the way, got the most backlash ever for me? By yeah. far. I mean... Of all the negative response I've ever gotten, ninety percent of it is from my bike riding joke. Really? But I mean, oh, hands the, down. I saw that online. I saw that online. A lot of people were angry. They wanted to fucking kick your ass. Oh my god, dude! I got e- like tons of emails. Tons. And your your joke is about how arrogant people are with bikes. A lot of get, bike riders they do are arrogant. Yeah. And I mean, look, it's the that's just the statement I make, and there's a joke that, that elaborate with it. One of the things I imply in the joke is like. Essentially hitting somebody with my car, right? Like, right. It's, but it's one of like a lot because it's a bit. It's like a three-minute bit. Right. So what, dude, I'm talking like you fucking piece of shit. Like you deserve to die. I bet you can't even ride a bike, you fat fuck. Like all these like, wow. I mean like dozens of emails of like you're the fucking worst person ever. Like and I, was, I didn't realize, A, how big that, like the, A, that would strike a chord at all. But then there's this whole cycling movement yeah, they're, community they're hardcore that also feels threatened by car like drivers like that, that that's a real issue i didn't realize i was hitting on a real issue i was just talking about the way that like i've had cyclists i've had cyclists kick my car when i'm uh like driving down the street because they felt like i veered into the lane or you know what i mean like just like shit where i felt like uh you know they'll shut off an intersection and 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 or drive in the middle of the street make you drive like i just feel like some of them drive ride their bikes arrogantly i feel like they could be more uh aware of like the the surroundings and the way that like people in cars have to be careful too and it's more a commentary on that dude so much fucking hate mail so much hate mail. <laughs> it was in your comedy central special right but it didn't air in the special it only aired on the online promotion Really? So they 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 just aired a clip. Like, were this. you responsible for the editing of the special? No, no. they were. They were. Yeah. Ooh. So the clip is online, and the clip got me. <sighs> 
I was hundreds. so happy that I was responsible for the editing of my own special. Oh, yeah. That would suck if you couldn't edit your own shit. Yeah, no. How come they didn't work that in for you? They let you, when you get off stage, when you do a... a half a, hour or an hour? Half hour. When you do a half hour and you get off stage, you get to go... You have a meeting with a producer right away, mm-hmm. like right immediately off stage. And right. Like, they're like, what, you know, what did you like the most? What did you like the least? How many sets did you do? Just one? Oh, just one. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's rough. Too. So they give you a fucking, I mean, in, in, in their you know, defense, they give you a really hot room, a really hot crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you, they have to do a one set if it's a half yeah. hour and they're doing, how oh, many did they, they do a show? Three. They do two per audience and they ship out the audience. But they let you, they give you a lot. Like, they're like, you know, if you fumble your lines, like, we'll, you know, we'll go back. You can go back. You can, re, you know, you can do, go back to something you thought didn't work right. You can try saying it again. Like, they try, they try to help you. You say it again. Well, I didn't, but like, they, they, they you, offer that. They too. offer that? They offer it. They're like, if you go, you know, I was whatever, walking into the store and you just like slip up, you go, there's the store and you sound stupid then. Right. You can be like, hey, I want to take that from the top again. And you, they, and like, you said that to the audience? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's so weird. It is weird, but the audience is so coached and so on board with the concept right. that it's yeah. not like you're doing it at like a club or something. Like right. they're like, they understand that they're there just for you to do this. Uh, it's looking more and more like I'm doing my next one in Vancouver. That's oh, the fucking best. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking. I'm trying for June. We're working on all the details right now, but uh, if I can make it happen, yeah, I got a venue, and it'll probably be on Thursday night in Vancouver. So the the weekend that the UFC is there, it's not it's not set in stone. I'm definitely nice. going to be doing shows there. Yeah, but uh, most likely, and the tickets will be on sale by this weekend. Hopefully, we're uh, we're working on that right now. We got the venue secured, but nice. One Vancouver's of my favorite uh, cities, definitely, and top for me, top three comedy city in the world uh, vancouver i love it i've done awesome there i've done a set at the uh, the red rock or whatever it's called the What's red the robinson casino that i've done a set there but yeah. i've done the club uh the comedy mix which is on berard street downtown multiple times and that is one of my favorite clubs if you live in vancouver that club is awesome i only did yuck yucks I it's did... the same venue oh it they, is they just that they just used that name. The one that's at the bottom of a hotel. That's it. That yeah. is the shit. The Remember that? How shit. awesome that was? It. We just go downstairs from your room and boom, you're in the comedy club. They, they have like six, I think six nights a week they have shows. It's small it's, too, right? Capacity's 215, I think. Maybe 210, 215. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, for a weekend there, like like the Friday, Saturday, I think you do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, something like that. Like... Almost every show is sold out, if not like 90% capacity. And then I found out that all the comics were like, oh, no, Tuesday, Wednesday, like it's always like 80, at least 80% full. So it's called The Mix now? It's called The Comedy Mix. The Comedy Mix. And there's no more Yuck Yucks? Or Yuck Yucks is a new Yuck, Yuck Yucks is still there. They Essentially, they were licensing the name. Like okay. So they were just using the name. It expired, and they were just like, we don't want to license your name anymore. Yeah, why do it? You don't need it. Yeah, so they're an independent awesome, awesome, awesome yeah. name. Awesome name. That, yuck, that yuck. spot is so great. It's a fucking amazing club. Yeah. That's where we met uh, Pete Johansson. We did a, a bunch of shows with him there. Yeah, yeah that was rad. that's a that's a great fucking town for everything. I've yeah. only done uh, I've done the red I've done that and I've done the Red Robinson there at least once. I think twice. And I did another room that was just like a half an hour outside of town. That's yeah. another another casino. But um, I'll be doing it a different place this time and. Uh, I'm I'm looking to do two shows two shows on a Thursday night. And then That's awesome. It's cities fun. they're they're just they it's like one of those things where it's just like the audiences are fucking awesome there. Like they're just great comedy savvy 
And they're high as fuck. They're high as fuck. High as fuck, which makes for a way better crowd. Anytime you go to a stoner crowd, like Portland. How awesome was Portland? Portland, amazing. Super stoner crowd. You done the Helium in Portland? No, no. Oh, my goodness. One of the greatest clubs ever. Oh, nice. Dude, I've never been handed more weed after a show. Never. Portland is the undisputed champion. That was Philly. Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, that's Helium too, right? We did two shows on Thursday. We we sold out every show. Two shows Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. We did a full weekend. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Me, Joey Diaz, and Ari Shafir. Nice. Fucking, it was awesome. Food was eaten. Oh, yeah, we went off. We, We had a good goddamn time. It was chaos. Nice. It was uh, Philly's such a fucking wild town too. It's so crazy because in Philly everything's one way because it was all designed for horses. Yeah. It's like these little narrow ass streets in this big fucking city. You know, half the streets yeah. are these little tiny and it's like the traffic and getting around is so difficult. You know. Yeah. Parking's ridiculous. It's impossible. What a fucking great town though. You watch Parking Wars. Parking Wars on A and E. Oh, you had a joke about that. What'd yeah. you say? I said Parking Wars. On A and E should be renamed "When Black People Act Black." <laughs> Are they fighting over parking spots? Is that what it's about? That show, that show is great. It's, what is it? Well, they just park it follows out meter maids, like meter maids in Philly. In Philly, so wow. the uh, Philadelphia Parking Authority. Wow. And and like basically, it just follows them. Like they take you on their beat, and then they're writing tickets, and the people are like, "Fuck you, man!" Like just yelling shit to them all the time. Talk, like uh, you know, I was here with my like. I just ran in to do this, so there's always, always confrontation, always conflict, and then cars getting towed or booted, and I mean the conflict gets really. The confrontation is really escalated. Like, has anybody be, been attacked? Uh, I've seen like, I've seen a guy. Oh, I've seen a guy who was getting the boot put on his car. You know the yellow thing right. that keeps your your car can't drive after it. Right. They had like half of it on. A guy got in his car. And drove with it like half on his car, like dragging, like Whoa. push the car in front of it and everything. Like people lose their minds when they're about to lose their car. And also when they go to get their cars that were towed, like fucking just freak out, man. Like, cause then when you go pick up your car, if it's been towed, you have to, you have to get square on all your other stuff that maybe oh. had nothing to do with getting towed. So you had parking tickets. Oh. You got to show registration and current insurance. Oh. You don't realize how many people are not insured. So they'll be like, oh, I got yeah. And they're like, where's your current insurance? And they're like, I have it. And they're like, all right, we need them to fax us like, that you have insurance. And then people just fucking... There's so much yelling on that show. It's really... Is it re- good? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so... And they what put like Marath- on? It's on A and E. It's called Parking Wars. Yeah. My latest obsession is that show Coal. Coal? Coal? What's that show? It's about coal miners. It's What's? all on it's on Spike TV. <clears throat> it's all following these coal miners into these fucking mines. Oh, that shit's Dude. crazy. Dude, the mines, this is how they work it. It's like a building. You know how you see buildings and there's beams inside the building to support the structure of the building? Yeah. And then inside those beams is rooms? Yeah. That's what they do in mountains. They cut in, they'll cut out a room, and then they take a left turn. They leave like pillars. Yeah. You know, and then they cut out this room, and then they leave a pillar. And they do that through the entire fucking mountain. But, you know, you're talking about some incredible amount of weight that's being distributed. Yeah. Who knows how much of it is? Is even and how much of it is you know air pockets or yeah. water or coal as opposed to heavy stone and dude they fucking collapse on people all that some guys missing just the other day there was some miner in yeah. I, I believe it was idaho when you think about that, that missing that chilean thing right like how horrifying it's terrifying yeah scary shit man they were but down these, there how long two three months know, a long time man they were down there a long months. time yeah yeah it's scary but the, the mind thing the cre- creepiest part about it is that they're they're under like they're in these rooms that are like three feet tall. 
So you're hunched. Yeah. And it's all darkness and shit. Yeah. And then you're, you've got this machine that's just chipping away and pulling out the coal. And there's dust and there's nowhere for the dust to go. Oh, I mean, yeah, it goes so right just, in your fucking lungs, man. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're breaking this stuff down. They're like, you're looking at this like, man, what if you were living in West Virginia? What if you had no other options? What if, you know, your family was coal miners and everyone's that's stupid and do. by the time you're 18, you're already hooked on Oxycontins and so before you know it, you're fucking chipping away at the side of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's a freaky fucking show. Yeah, that's uh, I gotta watch that. It's a good one, man. On Spike? Yeah, it's a good I'll one. Check that out. It's a good one just for the claustrophobia factor. Yeah. I was watching, I was saying they should make a movie where there's a monster movie inside a coal mine. Oh yeah. Like the scariest movie ever would be a giant dick with shark teeth that chases you around a coal mine. <laughs> just, that would be that would be the That's ultimate, so homophobic the, of you, Joe. I know, totally. Bottom act. Bottom act is very offensive. Very offensive. Make it black so pee. it hides in the, the, in the shadows. Okay. Well, let's just end this bitch. Okay. Have we been doing this for two hours? We've been doing this for about two hours, right? Yeah. yeah. Damn. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Close. Where Tom Segura, where can people see you? Uh let's see. Next I will be uh, next week I'll be doing a few spots at the Comedy Magic Club in Hermosa Beach. Nice. And then I go the first weekend in May to the Improv in Fort Lauderdale uh, at the Hard Rock Casino. And is it TomSegura.com? It is, TomSegura. TomSegura.com. Follow Tom on Twitter, T-O-M-S-E-G-U-R-A. Uh, again, we're sorry about the last episode, but we hope we made up for it in this one. Subscribe to Tom's uh, podcast. It's yeah. uh, your mom's house, or just subscribe to Desk Squad on iTunes. We're going to do one Wednesday. Yeah, doing one Wednesday. How many of them are you doing a week? Uh, I'm trying to do you one a week. two, last, did two week. last week. And yeah. you do them with Mrs. Segura, and it's called your mom's house? Yeah, as many. I mean, we try to do them when we're together as much. She did one at his studio. Why and, your mom's house? Uh, I don't know. I just, like, I've always, you know, I want to open a restaurant called your mom's house so that <laughs> if you ask me where I'm going, I can really say I'm going to your mom's house. I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's, I think it's stupid and funny. I don't okay. Know. And we had, right. we had Mary Carey on today at the, on the De- uh, Naughty Show podcast. Nice. Was it Squad. funny? It was pretty interesting, man. She told some crazy stories. Is she stories. still working in the business? Uh, Mary Carey, for yeah. folks who don't know, ran for governor of California yeah, at yeah. one point in time. She, she had some good star. ideas. She, she actually still does has scenes. Good ideas. Yeah. Uh, she does girl, girl and solos now. She does feature <laughs> dancings, but she told some crazy stories about like Baldwin today and about this basketball player. Is she basketball. sober now? Yeah. Boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious. She was on uh, Celebrity Rehab. Celebrity Rehab. Yeah, we were yeah. in uh, on the airplane with her, me and Ari Shafir, and she had a, a, a bottle of pills and she's pouring Xanax into her hands. She's going one, two, three, four. Shit. Do you guys have any Xanax? <laughs> Did she, she like, really? Had, yeah, she had eight Xanax in her hand. Jeez, she was wow. like, it's not enough. Wow. And she, she said, she, I, was like, I was like, yeah, I, uh, Joe said that she, he was on the airplane with you. And he goes, she goes, oh, yeah, he was on those pot brownies or something. <laughs> like a <laughs> problem. <laughs> yeah, those pot brownies. brownies. Pot brownies. Fucking with my Xanax. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow, um, Tuesday. Same, same bad time, 100th same episode. bad channel. 100th episode. Tomorrow's the big Woo! one. It's probably just going to be me and Brian, because that's how we roll. With snowflakes? With snowflakes, and, nice. and, and we're going to get high as fuck. All right, we love you guys. Thank you very much. Peace. The Joe Rogan Experience Podcast is brought to you by The Fleshlight. If you go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link and enter, 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 click on the link.